even with that defense being great, at some point they're going to get in the shootout. He's a great coordinator, not a great head coach. I think there's one thing we're all saying for a fact. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Goal Line Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Cipher, also known as No Huddle NFL on TikTok and Instagram. That is No Huddle NFL with no capitals and no spaces. Also available on Twitter at No Huddle NFL with an underscore at the end. That is again at No Huddle NFL with an underscore at the end. I hope that you all enjoyed your NFL Sunday. I'm a little bit pissed because I missed the actual Sunday, but I did record the entirety of Red Zone, did my fair amount of studying when I have the time. School has started for me, so it's been a little bit difficult, but I'm pretty sure that I caught up a decent amount on the games. Of course, I watched all of them on Red Zone, like I said, but I've also did my research on what other people are saying about each of these individual games. I think I'm more than prepared to do this episode of the podcast, but in case I'm not, I have a guest that fans of the show will be familiar with. David Miller, how are you doing today? Terrible. Existence is pain. I don't know why I continue to put myself through this suffering. I've never known true happiness, etc., etc. Believe it or not, he's not a Giants fan. For those of you that aren't familiar, he is a Bears fan. And, well, I was going to wait to talk about that Bears game, and I still plan on it, but the Bears... I don't want to say they got embarrassed. Embarrassed is probably a stretch, right? Or not? No. No. That was an embarrassment. Okay, well, they got embarrassed by their division rival, historical rival, the Green Bay Packers. And, well, as you could tell, he's obviously far from happy about this. But... <laughs> Certainly one way to put it. <laughs> but there were other games throughout the weekend... Even on Thursday, I haven't had a chance to talk about that Chiefs-Lions game. And it was great to watch the first actual game that mattered for the 2023 NFL season. Right? I enjoyed that game a lot. The Bears haven't lost at this specific point in time. So, I imagine you enjoyed that game too, no? I mean, I I wasn't thrilled watching the Lions win a, uh, a primetime game that you know, if the Chiefs were at full strength, they wouldn't have won. But, you know, it, it was definitely nice to get back in the swing of things. And like you said, I still had that little bit of optimism in my heart. So it, it was it was a fun game. Uh, I'll put it that way. Um, guys, I'm a I'm a fan of on both sides played pretty well. So I can't complain too much. You know, if I knew that you would just be bringing down all the optimism surrounding week one of the NFL season, the greatest sports league on earth, beginning after months and months and months of waiting. If I knew that you were just going to be weighing it down with your pessimism the entire time, I might have reconsidered having you on, buddy. No. <laughs> I mean, what what did you expect? I'd come in here all sunshine and roses, man. Oh, oh, gee, uh, that that Bears game sure was a was a toughie. But I'll I'll, t- I'll tell you what, I my my spirits are held high. Is that is that what you expected? Well, you know what? I I also forgot no fullback scored a touchdown during the yeah. weekend. So so that's yeah. also a big part In of fact, this. In fact, I saw two fullbacks drop passes this weekend. So I'm not having a good time. 
And I'm really, really sorry to hear that. But we still got a Chiefs-Lions game to talk about. And I know that you obviously are upset about Detroit winning this one. But you said that there were players that performed that you like. And besides Aiden Hutchinson, who had an absolute game, right? Absolute Absolutely. game. Who else really stood out to you that you were really happy to see play the way he did? I mean, Brian Branch was the big one. Um, I, I was a huge Brian Branch guy all throughout the draft process. He was a top 10 player on my big board. Um, you know, I, he was my favorite player to watch at Alabama last year. And seeing him come in and kind of from the start, you know, coming up making plays, um, he obviously had the big pick six that Kadarius Tony essentially gift-wrapped and handed to, handed to him. Excuse me. Um, it, was, it was really nice to see him have a good debut. Obviously, he went down i don't remember if that was a permanent thing like if he was out for the rest of the game or if it was just a, a short time or not but when he was on the field he looked really really good i was impressed with him from the jump um leo chanel played a little bit and had a couple hustle plays i was a big fan of he didn't get on the field a ton which is understandable um and you know he he wasn't a superstar but david montgomery was still doing his thing and in my opinion was the best running back on the field for the lions so that that was a bittersweet moment for sure. And I do like that you mentioned David Montgomery and how he probably was the best running back on the field in that game. But let's not undersell the game that Jameer Gibbs had, even though it might not really show up on the stat sheet. He was playing really, really good looking football. Yeah, right. Absolutely. That's that's not selling Gibbs short or anything. It's just Mont Montgomery had a Montgomery game, and in my opinion, he's still one of the 15 to 18 best running backs in football, so, like, I I liked what I saw to him. But, yeah, Gibbs, Gibbs definitely had a solid performance. Uh, I, I'm not trying to take any away, anything away from him by any means. It'll be a really fun one-two punch to watch throughout the season. I, I don't think anyone's going to deny that, even you as a Chicago fan. Well, no. I mean, I still got a soft spot for Monty. I, I love me a Bears running back. So even though he went to Detroit, like I don't, him, him going to a division rival doesn't hit as hard as like when Adrian Amos went to Green Bay, because mm -hmm. Amos, and kind of rightfully so, because Bears fans suck. But <laughs> he he was kind of a jerk when he left. You know, he was running his mouth on Twitter and saying Bears fans are the worst fans on the planet and all that. Monty didn't say a thing. He kept his head down. He did say he was excited to play Chicago, but, like, I would be too. You know, you get to go back to the fans that have cheered you on your whole career, and you get to see your old teammates. Like, I, I'd be excited for that too. Um, but, you know, it wasn't like he <clears> – excuse me. It wasn't like he purposely wanted to leave. The Bears didn't offer him a legit contract, and, you know, he walked to a team that – did offer him a legit contract and was willing to, you know, pay him what he felt he was worth. So I, I, I can't harbor any negative feelings towards him for that. Yeah. And I mean, I don't imagine that you're the only bears fan that's rooting for Montgomery and well, for him to perform you'd be well. Surprised. <laughs> eh, well, that sucks. But one of the main I know things, I it. it sucks because that's really how a lot of NFL fans are. And another thing that pisses me off is when you watch a game like this and NFL fans will continue to be the... I'm pissed because I'm almost going to take a shot 
at the people that make up my audience, but the people that make up my audience, I'm not talking to you guys. You guys are beautiful. You guys are great. That's why you're listening to the one and only Goal Line Podcast featuring Patrick Cypher. <laughs> but there's a lot of NFL fans, again, not these specific people, that don't give much credit to the O-linemen, the guys blocking up front. And it really was the key to the Lions' success, how much they were able to dominate the line of scrimmage when they had the ball. I thought that that was just such a key part of this game. I mean, I know, and you know, Ben Johnson, he's a great offensive mind, but he didn't do too much, like, extremely creative, like, great play calls in this game. But it didn't really matter. It didn't matter that Jared Goff was having a little bit of an off game. All that mattered is that Penny Sewell and the boys were just dominating all game, all 60 minutes. Like, it really was beautiful to see. And Chris Jones being out was obviously a big reason for that. But I think that's also a big reason that we saw Chris Jones get the extension that he got because they realized during this game, oh, shit, if we want to be a Super Bowl team again, we need our best defensive player. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you know, you hit the nail on the head with Ben Johnson. Offensively, I didn't see anything that really moved me. Like, I I know a lot of people are going crazy over Amon or St. Brown. Um, I didn't think he had that crazy of a game. He had, what, like 60 yards and a touchdown. And it wasn't like he had any big plays. It's not like he was going crazy, routing people up constantly. It was like he got open a few times against a young secondary where he was just able to outsmart a couple guys and had a had a pretty average performance. Like, I, and that delves into a whole other conversation about him because I think he's an incredibly overrated receiver. But um, like you said, jo- Goff didn't have a great game. Um, people were talking about the rookie tight end. Oh, Laporta. Name? Laporta, yeah. He didn't do anything that stood out to me like crazy. Um, it, it was, you know, outside of the running game, it was a pretty middle-of-the-pack game offensively yeah. for Detroit. So it really was about dominating the trenches, and they did that on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. Especially, and I'm glad that you brought up both sides, is it too much of an overreaction to say that Aiden Hutchinson, if he continues to play like this, can end up as the defensive player of the year in January? Uh, How many sacks did he have? I don't know the number, but just watching the film, man. Well, no, I know, but you you got to remember for these big awards, they care more about the stats than the film. So that's the it's let me the reword that. Then. Of the situation. Maybe not win the award, but deserve the award. Do you think sure. it's possible for yeah. him to have a yeah, defensive no. player of the year esque season, building on a performance like this? Yeah, I I would say that's fair to say. Um, you know it. I don't know if he'll continue to play at this level, and that's not a shot yeah. at him. It's just he had probably the worst left tackle he'll go against all season in Donovan Smith. Like, that dude is a total liability. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, being a good young edge in a game that, you know, has – there's so many emotions flying around. It's the season opener. The world's watching you. Um, it's your second season. You had a good rookie year. You didn't quite win rookie of the year. And, you know, you've got a lot of, a lot of stuff going on mentally where – you're hyped off your ass, right? And you go against Donovan Smith, who every single play is either him getting beat or him bear-hugging you. And it 
you know, I'm, I'm not trying to discredit Aiden Hutchinson too much, but I, I just wanted to point out how bad Donovan Smith is. So I don't know if we'll see this level of dominance every week, but no, I'd, I'd be okay to be proven wrong. With me, it's just you look at the defense around him, and like you said, it's a young defense. But the fact that now they have these pieces really allows him to succeed. Maybe not quite to this extent, like you said, but maybe somewhat close to this extent consistently enough for him to at least make a run at the award, right? Because now the secondary is so much better. He has James Houston in his second year rushing on the other edge and a nice red, a nice rotation of other edge rushers there. Jack Campbell coming in at some point this season and really looking nice, right? I almost forgot about Campbell. He looked really nice. That um, should allow Thursday Hutchinson to really continue to shock some people. Sure. And again, yeah. defensive player of the year, it's really just me trying to do what everyone in the media does and really take what is true and stretch it out. But... I mean, it's not completely unrealistic is really the point that I want to make because no one is t- calling this a Defensive Player of the Year-esque performance, but I really think it was. Yeah. And now, oh, is there anything else you want to say? Or? I was just going to say, and that's that's fair. Like, I, I, I get where you're coming from on that. Mm-hmm. So, now I want to talk to or talk about Probably. I was gonna say, do we do we yeah. have first? Pers- do we have multiple people in? Yeah, here? No, no. Let's just bring on Tua Tungavaloa. Welcome in, welcome in. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about what I believe was the most exciting game of the weekend. Chargers against the Dolphins. Dolphins won. What do you think? I I thought this was a hell of a battle. I mean, it's it's like you told me in DMs before I got a chance to watch the game. It was a Mike McDaniel masterclass. Um, I, I absolutely adored what I saw from them offensively. Uh, the big thing to me was the motion. Like, we saw last year um, the Dolphins try to experiment with motion and trying to get Tyreek Hill, you know, his engine revving before the play starts. And they would try these really long, drawn-out, like bringing him all the way across the formation type of plays. And they would work sometimes, but specifically against the Chargers last year, um, it, it just didn't, right? So this week... McDaniel's like, okay, let's do the same thing, but have Tyreek run like three yards or motion across the line like three yards. Um, and it, it worked beautifully. There were so many examples of Tyreek, like I said, getting to rev his engine and then turn up field off a of motion and, and get himself wide open against JC Jackson, who had a game. He certainly played a game. I, I don't know if I'd call it football, but he was playing a game out there. Um, he looked incredible. Uh, there was a, a a pass to Alec Ingold, which made me really happy. Almost a touchdown, but not quite. Tua looked awesome. He was playing really well out of structure, which was uncharacteristic for him. Um, you know, the the one play towards the end of the game where he scrambled out and hit that insane throw to Tyreek Hill down the sideline, and there was a play where uh, he stepped up and or stepped out of the pocket and hit Braxton Berrios over the middle, like, in a tight window between two defenders. Like, he was on point. Granted, he did throw the one interception, but, like, on every other passing attempt, uh, he was he was lights out. And the Dolphins' offensive line held up really well, which I was pleasantly uh, surprised by. I like, think it looked better than it was because Tua did such a good job. And, and that's fine. Like, I, I don't 
if that's how they're going to play all season, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the point I was going to make is, you know, I I look at this Dolphins team, and it's, for lack of better words, like something out of one of my wet dreams. Because you've got a Shanahanian coach and Vic Fangio running your two sides of the ball. And the personnel is absolutely there from top to bottom, except for the offensive line. The offensive line was the one place on this team where I was concerned. And they were able to limit how much of a concern that was this week. And obviously that's something not something you can do every week, right? But the more they can do it and the more ways they can find to get around this offensive line, the better. Because if they can get that figured out, there's genuinely not a weakness on this team, and there's nothing anybody in the league can do to stop them. Because you have the best defensive or the second best defensive mind currently in the league, and one of the five best offensive minds currently in the league, running on the same team with superstars on each side of the ball. Um, and even some of the I don't want to say lesser guys, but some of the guys that are more role players stepped up, like Cater Kohu had that big sack on Justin Herbert towards the end of the game. Um, Zach Seiler made a couple of really nice plays on defense. Uh, Jalen Phillips, granted, he's one of the stars. He went off. Christian Wilkins had a really nice game. Um, it was it was just so well executed at every level for Miami. And, the, and then the Chargers, they actually tried in the fourth quarter, which was a pleasant surprise. Um, but they they didn't do anything that I wasn't expecting. You know, mm. uh, Kellen Moore didn't quite move me yet, which – I'm sure he will. I'm a big Kellen Moore guy, but he didn't do anything that caught me off guard. Uh, The defense was not having a good day. Like I said, J.C. Jackson was an Alcatraz. Um, The linebackers were in the seventh layer of hell, as Mike McDaniel does every week. Um, The defensive line wasn't getting nearly as much pressure as they should. Um, The the only guy that stood out to me in that game was Herbert, and I mean, that's just your your typical chargers game with everyone else kind of doing whatever and herbert trying to be superman and, and win the game and he almost did i thought that the chargers run game really really surprised me personally i i wasn't moved by it they, it was just john kelly up the middle and, joshua uh, kelly well josh kelly john kelly whatever the hell his name is they've got like it one wasn't running back that anybody knows it wasn't this extremely complex, really, you know, Kellen Moore doing some crazy shit. Like, it wasn't. Right. Absolutely not. Unlike the Dolphins' success, which was a mixture of, mm-hmm. hey, we have this really talented guy, Tyreek Hill, and a quarterback that has a niche skill set, but still a very good one. And now I'm going to work a scheme that really maximizes that. It wasn't much of that. Instead, the Chargers just played it the right way, at least in terms of running the ball. The O-line did their job. Kelly had a game, man. He had a game. All right? And this is against a Dolphins defense that has the beef up front. See, I'm not disagreeing that they have the beef up front, but schematically... Uh, their defensive tackles relative to what Fangio usually runs. Like you, my point of reference for anything Fangio is the 2018 Bears, right? Mm-hmm. Because that team was like peak Fangio, yeah. arguably. And when you look at that team, you look at the defensive tackles. Specifically, they had Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman, mm-hmm. who were both big, hulking, run-defending defensive linemen. And Hicks, obviously, was a pretty good pass rusher as well. You look at the Dolphins, Raekwon Davis is the only guy that they had that's close to that. 
not saying that Christian Wilkins or Zach Seiler are bad against the run, but they're not like, you know, these big hulking dudes. Seiler's a little undersized. Wilkins is kind of like average sized, and they're more pass rushers than anything. So I'm, I'm not surprised that they had success between the tackles. Like I don't, like if the Dolphins' defense had an Achilles heel, it would be running between the tackles because of that. Now obviously, David Long is there for a reason. He is the remedy to that. He's one of the best downhill linebackers in the league. But I'm, I'm not shocked that the Chargers had success running between the tackles, and I think that's going to be something that. Even if the Dolphins are stacking up wins, which I'm fully confident they will be, that's going to be something we're going to see every week is people being like, you know, we play the Dolphins next week and they let up so many yards per carry between the tackles. This is what we need to attack this week. And then they're going to do it, but that they won't be able to pull out any consistency in the passing game because Fangio is Fangio and it'll it'll win the Dolphins a lot of games that mm-hmm. way. What I'm trying to say here is Fangio built, his, built this defense specifically, or I guess he didn't build it, but the way this defense is built with Fangio is care about the pass and like outside runs in between the tackles we can live with it personally i think if this is their formula and they are expecting for teams to have the type of games that the chargers had on the ground i think they might win a lot of games but it's going to be really really tough especially on that offense because again it's not like the chargers had some bad performance right no I think, listen, personally, I disagree with you. I think Kristen Wilkins is a damn good run defender. Well, I'm not saying he's a bad one. I'm just saying him and Siler together don't necessarily fit Fangio's MO for what he's looking for in D-tackles, and I think he's expecting them to not quite have the success that he's had. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, my point is he's aware of what he has, and he's willing to compensate for it. And you're not wrong. Like, it is going to be really tough on them to have to deal with that. But I think they're confident enough in their the back end of their defense to not only get stops but to force turnovers. Um, and I think they're also incredibly confident in their offense to, to be able to keep up with teams. Like, I don't think we're going to see Miami get into a shootout every week. And I don't think the run defense will be necessarily as bad every single week. But my my entire point is I'm trying to say I'm not exactly shocked that the Chargers had success between the tackles. Mm-hmm. So, now the last game I want to talk about before we get into predictions. Mm-hmm. The Jets' overtime thriller against Buffalo. I don't want to get to the big elephant in the room yet. First, I want to talk a little bit about the game. But, obviously, it sucks what happened to Aaron Rodgers. It had a big impact on this game. But, the Jets still won. So, you know what? Not too bad, at least yet. So what did you really think of this game beyond just the Rodgers injury, which we're obviously going to get to? Well, I mean, if we're being honest here, and no disrespect to the Jets, but this game was more the Bills losing than the Jets winning. Like, the Jets' defense is awesome, don't get me wrong, but three picks to Jordan Whitehead is not the Jets' defense going crazy. It's Josh Allen like getting possessed by the spirit of Brett Favre as soon as he saw Aaron Rodgers go down and, you know, deciding that he he has the the most manhood in the room and he's going to do whatever he wants and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um and like the Jets offense with Zach Wilson was not great. It looked okay. 
Um, you know, obviously you had big plays from the playmakers like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, who are both awesome. Um, but Zach Wilson hardly kept them afloat. Um, and the Bills defense did a nice enough job at capitalizing on that. Like, obviously there was the, the pick that Wilson threw directly at Matt mm-hmm. Milano. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, a, a couple examples of, of good coverage and whatnot. But it was a very sloppy game from the Jets' offense, and the fact that they won that is a pure testament to their defense as a whole, but specifically Josh Allen just... I, I don't Again, I don't know if he forgot how good they were or if he just really does not have any respect for Jordan Whitehead, but throwing three picks to the same dude when he's a deep safety is not typically the result of that dude having a stellar game. Now, again, not to disrespect Jordan Whitehead or anything, major props to him. He got a bag for that game. But, you know, it's 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 not like you're going to turn on the All-22 and you're going to be like, man, Jordan Whitehead was everywhere tonight. It's like, man, Josh Allen really just did not care. Well, I personally... Again, a lot of blame falls on Allen, sure. But I think more blame should be falling on someone that you haven't named yet. And oh, Ken Dorsey. I know yes, you, yes. You are Ken Dorsey's biggest biggest hater. hater. Absolutely. If it weren't, if they still had Dable, they're a Super Bowl contender in my mind. But because they don't, because instead they have Dorsey, I feel completely different about them. And it showed in this game. The Jets' defense is great, 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 great at stopping these big plays down the field. So why are you dialing up all these long shots? All right. And it's not like, oh, Josh Allen is just deciding to take the one go route. Like, no, these are passes designed to go vertical, to be the big shot. Because let's be honest, Dorsey doesn't know how to make a functioning offense without that. Yeah. And that's why I felt like this was so bad. It also doesn't help that the Bills weren't able to establish a proper running game that obviously didn't benefit it's them. almost like that matters well it matters if you're not gonna try and work this dink and dunk style that well yeah that's 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 what i was saying well, I, I wasn't saying it doesn't matter i was saying it's almost like it does matter yeah well okay i thought that you were trying to go against the i thought that you yes, were trying me, to extend on football. the me, Miller Football, I known known hater of establishing the run. And well, no, I thought that you were trying to debate it. further this ongoing feud we've had about how the Bills have built their team. Oh yeah, they built it wrong. I still don't think they built it wrong. I think that they're. Fi- it's not necessarily the philosophy that's flawed. I can't go on this rant, rant right now, but really quickly, it's not the philosophy that's flawed. It's the way that they're executing the philosophy. That's my problem. Mm-hmm. You can win without a run game or without building to have a very good run game, but you have to be able to scheme the run game into being a threat, whether that's because you make the box really light or you just go into really heavy personnel, whatever. You have to be able to scheme the run game into a legitimate threat. And when you don't, well, that's when Jordan Whitehead and the high safety could just stay up high where they're comfortable all game and just pick you off. That's how that's going to happen. You have to have, even if it's not an established attack, very similarly to the Dolphins, right? They're not always running, like, three wide receivers on the field. They'll line up in some heavier formations every now and then just to make you kind of cram the box up. 
And then they're going to be able to pass a lot off of that. Because even if you're not necessarily afraid of the run game, you still have to respect it. Yeah. And the Bills don't do that. And Yeah, and that's the big thing. It's the the lack of respect for the run game. If if a team literally does not respect what should be, you know, a a large part of your offense, then you're screwed. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why, you know, we've seen so many teams, obviously the Bears are a a prime example in more recent years. So many teams that are run heavy but can't throw the football, why they play, you know, stacked boxes and nobody gives a damn if they try to throw the ball. Like, you look at, uh, namely, the Bears during the Trubisky era. No one was afraid of Mitchell Trubisky throwing the football. And that's why you look at guys like, you know, David Montgomery and Jordan Howard, their yards per carry were always a lot lower than they probably should have been. And it's because they would go up against stacked boxes every play because nobody gave a damn about their quarterback play. And it's the same thing, but in reverse with Buffalo, they're running, you know, we were talking about it on the Bills preview. They were one of the 10 most efficient teams in running the football last year. And it's because nobody gave a damn about their run game. Mm-hmm. And that, that's exactly it, right? And it really hurt them in this game, too. I want to talk a little bit about the Jets' offense, too. And you mentioned that Wilson could have played worse. Uh, Yeah. And I think a part of that is something that I just noticed I never told you about. Long-term fans of the show are familiar with this, though, because I have went on a couple of rants about it. There's a theory I have. It is my E equals MC square. What E equals MC square was to Albert Einstein, that's what the QB2 theory is to me. It is... It's not complete bullshit. There are plenty of examples of it, and I always point it out when there's an example. And this game wasn't a phenomenal one, but it is still the first example of it. When a quarterback goes down mid-game, the defenses have built so much of their game plan around the quarterback's tendencies and they have to completely throw that to the wind when a new quarterback comes in and a lot of the time that allows the offense to look better whether it's Zach Wilson playing quarterback Nick Foles someone else it always helps now there's some quarterbacks that are just so absolutely garbage and for a little bit it looked like Wilson was one of those guys I'm not gonna lie but eventually he picked it up And I also just really quickly want to say, if I'm Nathaniel Hackett, I just design every pass play to go to Garrett Wilson. Real. (laughs) That and never give Dalvin Cook the football again because Brees Hall is back, baby. Yeah, Brees is so good, dude. It's fascinating coming off that injury how good he was. Yeah, I mean, you know, we saw a little bit of the the remnants of that injury with the – What's it called? The the long, almost touchdown run where he kind of ran out of gas mm-hmm. at the end of it. If he hadn't torn his ACL last year, it's a touchdown. And, like, that's a that's a very minor critique. Mm-hmm. That's not, like, a make-or-break thing. But I'm saying it's it sucks that it's still apparent that that ACL injury is impacting him a little bit. But it's, like you said, it's not impacting him nearly as much as it probably should be, which is awesome. Yeah. And I, I just don't really get why Cook gets the ball. I mean, uh, I, you gotta keep the defense on their toes. Oh, okay, okay, sure. But, like, how much better, and this is, like, a legit question, and I know people that really just pay attention to names aren't, they're gonna laugh. 
but how much better is Dalvin Cook than like a Michael Carter <laughs> right now? How much better than well, Israel of Ab- Banacanda is he? I know nope, those are two sorry. different backs. Dal- Dalvin Cook was really good for a long time, so surely he's better. Surely. The, the film showed otherwise in that game. Nope. Don't care about the film. Dalvin Cook is a name that I recognize as a casual NFL fan. Therefore, he is the best player on the New York Jets. And they're also paying him. That That's an important factor there, too. Yeah, dude. Dalvin, God love him. He is capital W washed, dude. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more. we knew this. This should come as a surprise <laughs> to nobody. But it's it's tough. I will say, though, speaking of Dalvin, and I, I got pointed this out to me by my dad. My dad, a little lore for you, he played fullback back in high school, right? And his high school ran the wing tee, so he was the lead back. So he has an obsession with running backs and how they carry the football, right? Their gait, their stride, you know, their footwork, all that good stuff. He is obsessed with it, and he keys in on it. And I remember before the game, I misspoke and said, hey, Dalvin Cook, who's always been one of his favorite running backs to watch, signed with Buffalo. And I was, you know, I misspoke. I was thinking James Cook, Dalvin Cook. I got it mixed up in my head. And I remember about halfway through the first half, my dad was like, man, Dalvin looks really good in Buffalo. (laughs) I was like, oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. You know, that's his little brother. And he said, that's his brother? And I said, yeah, and literally as I said it, it popped up a graphic on the screen of his face and his rushing totals. And he was like, if you would have let me keep believing, I would have thought that was Dalvin for the rest of the game. And I started paying attention to it after he made that comment, and I shit you not, from the waist down and the neck up, they're the same football player. <laughs> it's insane how similar their stride and their gait and, and, and their footwork are. Like, they both take these really choppy, quick steps Every like no matter what, not just when they're trying to break somebody down, just like when they're running, their footwork is so and, and like that's not a negative thing. I know you hear the word choppy. Usually that sounds bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's so quick and choppy and like short little footsteps. It's so cool. Like, I don't know if that's just from him taking after his brother or if there's like some weird, you know, <laughs> psychological evolution thing where like they're from the same bloodline. Therefore, they run the same. But it's so sick. Like, I, I wouldn't have picked up on that if he hadn't pointed it out to me because I personally don't pay much attention to the nuances in that to the extent that he does where I would have picked up on that. But it was sick. It, w- it was such a cool thing to see. Um, and then I told him Dalvin was on the Jets, and at the end of the game, he's like, man, I used to really like Dalvin. And I was like, what happened? He goes, he sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so even my dad, who's been out of tune with the NFL for the last, like, year and a half, um, it, even he acknowledges that Dalvin's totally washed. So, so who's more of a clone of Dalvin Cook then, Alexander Madison or James Cook? James Cook, easily. It's not close. James Cook is literally you built Dal or you took Dalvin in a lab, cloned him, and then plopped him back in the NFL when he was. What, I've like I've always called Alexander Madison. Can't believe it's not Dalvin Cook. So that's really, that's really harmful to hear from you. I'm I not mean, gonna lie. Well, James Cook is. I, I think he can be just as good as Dalvin. Alexander Madison, I see where you're coming from, but he's more like we have Dalvin Cook at home. 
you know, like you're you're out in the car and you're like, Mom, can we get Dalvin Cook? And she's like, No, honey, we have Dalvin Cook at home. That's Alexander Madison. <laughs> mm. So, before we continue going on about backup running backs, uh, Aaron Rodgers' injury happened. Just overall, how much do you discredit the Jets as a legit team now, or do you think it doesn't? matter too much dude it's so tough i i know this is gonna be sacrilegious coming from embarrassment i was rooting for them so hard like and i think most of that just came from me wanting to see rogers get a ring outside of green bay as a massive fuck you to packers fans but i don't know it's so tough because they've still got the weapons the run game is going to be awesome I have a lot of faith in their coaching staff. Mm. And their defense is, like we've already said, incredible. Arguably the best in football. If The problem is, though, Zach Wilson has to be a lot better. Like, when they start to go up against teams that aren't gift-wrapping them games, they're going to have to have Zach Wilson step up and do more than just be okay. You know, he's going to have to make plays. He's going to have to limit mistakes. He's going to have to make better decisions. And, and I just don't know if he's capable of that. Now, I don't know what the answer would be if they wanted to go a different direction at quarterback. Because, like, I've seen people floating around Kirk Cousins. The Vikings aren't hitting the panic button yet to trade him away. I've seen people floating around Matt Stafford. The Rams are not trading him away. I've seen people float around Colin Kaepernick. No. Um, I've seen people float around Carson Wentz. No. But more inclined to say yes. Like, there's, there's not a real option for them at quarterback other outside of, of Zach Wilson that is serious. So and as much as and I they're sold it, on I think him, it's, too. They have yeah, said I, he's the QB1 for the season. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's Silover, dude. I, I I tried to think of a player on the team that had, you know, like Jover or Mahover. But all I could think of was Robert Sala. <laughs> I, I was just about it. I was just gonna ignore it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was ready to just ignore that, but then no, you just had to elaborate. Silence, I have to make fun of myself. It's okay. I, this is how I, I was gonna say. I was gonna say if they were to trade for someone. I I've been big on the Andy Dalton is severely underrated train train as of late. Yeah, I, I guess. Okay, I would be okay with him or Jacoby Brissett. I almost forgot about Jacoby. I think Dalton but, is better than Jacoby. I think I think Dalton. I don't think that's crazy. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I think that Dalton looked really compared to what everyone thinks of him. Really, really good last year with the Saints. Well, don't tell that to Panthers or Saints fans. God, he wasn't with the well, Panthers last yeah. year. Times a circle. <laughs> yeah, but. Andy Dalton, if if they were to trade for him, I would like that. I think that that would be a really smart move. I think on that their would part. be a solid move. Yeah, I I can get behind it. Andy Dalton was a legitimately like, not just good, like, and in between good and great quarterback. Like I think last year, his year last year was better than Derek Carr. Last year. And I know Derek Carr. It's not an extremely high bar, but. I just feel like I have to say that because that's one I, I'm willing to set in stone. There's other guys where maybe it's a little more controversial and I'll have to think about it, but if Aaron Donald, or 
not Aaron Donald, if Andy Dalton <laughs> were to be the quarterback for the Jets, I think they could very well still be a playoff team and be a damn good one. Yeah, I, I can I can get behind that. The only concern I have with that, though, is once you get to the playoffs, do you think Andy Dalton outduels any of the quarterbacks in well, the AFC? So my thing was I, I didn't even think Rodgers would really in the AFC. I did. It's well, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is really good, right? Don't get me wrong. But I talked about this a lot during the uh, offseason. I refuse to label them as a Super Bowl contender because when Rodgers gets to the playoffs, at least as of late, he has been extremely conservative. And I don't think that you can win in the AFC. Win a Super Bowl in the AFC. It's okay. He doesn't have to battle his, his demons in San Francisco anymore. Okay, but it wasn't just San Fran. It was just, oh, okay, it's a third and 12. I'll, okay, you, you got me. You got me. But overall, the last thing I want to say before we get into the week two predictions is just uh-huh. when they are disappointing, which they will be, it's going to be Nathaniel Hackett's fault. He doesn't, he doesn't know how to have a good offense without Aaron Rodgers. No, dude, and that's the thing. Rodgers likes Nathaniel Hackett because Nathaniel Hackett's his yes man. Yeah, 100%. That's the only reason he likes Hackett. Hackett just lets him do whatever he wants, and that's all Aaron wants. He wants full control. Every other offensive coordinator is like, well, hold on now, Aaron. I'm technically in charge. And he says, no, fuck you. I'm a Hall of Famer. And then they don't get along. Gets, or, uh, uh, LaFleur, or not LaFleur, God, God. What's his name? There's like 16 different Packers coaches that are McCarthy? relevant on offense. No. Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. Hackett. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I have talked so much about Matt LaFleur, um, Luke Getze, and Mike McCarthy in the past three days that Nathaniel Hackett is like fifth on the depth chart in my <laughs> mind of Packers coaches or former Packers coaches. Um, but no, Hackett, when Rodgers is like, all right, I'm taking the reins now. He's like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anything else, Aaron? And then he's like, go get me a Coke. And he's like, yes, sir, Aaron. And he comes back with a can of Coke. And he's like, did I do a good job, Aaron? Did all right. <laughs> and that's 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 the Hackett-Rogers relationship. I know. I was there. I, I believe it. This team is going to give a lot of major post-Killer B Steelers, like, feelings. And that's not a good thing. In fact, that is the worst thing. As a fan, because you will see plenty of games where the opposing team only puts up 17 points and you still don't win. And God, I miss those Steelers teams. <laughs> you will punt 15 times in a game. Like, it, it, will, it will be terrible. It's going to be horrible to watch. And Jets fans are going to hate every second, which they're used to at this point. But... This time they'll have the optimism of a good defense, which is really going to suck. So Take it from me. Never be optimistic about football. Mm, this guy's going back into his edgy arc. Okay. Well, I don't want to hear it, Mr. Jason Todd's the best Robin. He is, though. I, I like Jason Todd. He's pretty cool, though. Touch your ass, buddy. <laughs> okay, buddy. Uh, let's talk about that Thursday night athlete. game. Let's talk this about that Thursday night, night game. Yeah. This Thursday night, yeah. Vikings so, at Eagles. What do you think? Um, well, it's going to be an interesting game, that's for sure. 
Um, Philly's without their RB1 and Kenny Gainwell. Um, but the Vikings are missing, like, half their offensive line, apparently. So, that's tough. The Vikings also looked rough against the Buccaneers. Like, they Absolutely. shot themselves in the foot constantly. Um, so, I'm hoping it's not a sloppy game, but it's Thursday night. And both teams were really sloppy in week one. So it's probably going to be. But I think the Eagles have the better overall team, the better coaching, the better defense. So, like, I, I think they'll come out on top. But it's either going to be the Eagles mollywop the Vikings or it's going to be the messiest Thursday night game we've seen from competent football teams. Yeah, and, well, the Vikings are definitely not this, like, garbage team. And they're going to look better at some point, but this isn't going to be the week where they really bounce back. The Eagles are at such a The big reason I'm concerned about them is the offensive line injuries. I agree. There's a chance they don't have their center and their left tackle, and they're going up against the freaking Eagles. Yeah, who have the deepest defensive line in world history. Yeah. It's not... It's not an ideal matchup, and I don't really trust Kirk Dude, Cousins it's, it's in prime bomb time. It's hydrogen versus coughing baby. <laughs> I don't really trust Kirk Cousins in prime time while Jalen Carter's chasing him. Fun fact: Kirk's actually three and one on Thursday Night Football. Really? Yeah, I found Kirk that out. Kirk O'Chain's uh, over here. Yeah, Geek told me about that because we were giving him crap for it on uh, Run the North. But, we were talking about he was like um actually kirk is three and one but like you said the narratives though uh, you know what you win yeah i you what can i what can i say what can i say i mean you, you simply cannot fight the narratives what uh, this is why i i'm so good at winning internet debates and by winning i mean getting blocked by everyone i talk to <laughs> anything i mean I mean, yeah, I, I, I respect the, the narratives. <laughs> okay. That's where I'm at. Now, the narrative some people might have is that the Chiefs are garbage because they lost a singular football game. And it's all Matt Nagy's fault. And, like, real. I hate Matt Nagy as much as the next guy, but, like. No, you don't, because I am the next guy. Okay, sure. I dislike Matt Nagy a decent amount. <laughs> there you go. But it's still difficult for me to say that the Chiefs start the season 0-2. So I have Who them winning over week? Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, they're getting Chris Jones back. Travis Kelsey might play. Jacksonville barely beat the Colts. It was a messy game on their end, too. I mean, that's that's not like a slight of Trevor Lawrence. Like, he played well. It's just there were a lot of lapses uh, offensively that let the Colts make that more of a game than it should have been. So I I also think the Chiefs will win that game of football. Yeah, and listen, I, I can... When I look at this matchup, just ignoring what happened last week, it's definitely on upset watch. It absolutely is, in my sure. mind. It, would it really be an upset, though? Do you not think so? I think the Jaguars are a damn good football team. Well, yeah, but the Chiefs are the Chiefs. 
Okay, but then by that logic, any game the Chiefs play in, that the, they yes. lose an upset. Yes. I mean, if we're going that Unless route, okay, someone goes I down. It. Yes. Okay, I, I, I respect that then. We can, Sure, we can go that route. I think the Jags could absolutely match up well in this game. I mean, you got Travis Kelsey, who should be playing, but he is playing through injury, supposedly, which, of course, he's injured for the first time in his NFL career because I drafted him in fantasy. But I think Devin Lloyd is a guy who gets a lot of credit for his coverage ability. And against an injured Travis Kelsey, he could not completely hold the guy to zero yards, but prevent him from having this absurd performance and maybe force them to rely on Kadarius drop the ball again. And the rest of that... has got to be a healthy scratch this week. Or not healthy because he can't stay healthy anyway. But Sky Moore, I mean, if you force them to rely on these other guys, MVS... It looks a lot better for Jacksonville. And Chris Jones could definitely threaten them. Absolutely. But I do like the Jaguars' ability to get the ball out quickly. They have a lot of guys that are above average. Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram. These are all guys that can not just get open, but get open quick. And that could really allow them to win this one. However... I just can't see the Chiefs starting the season 0-2. Yeah, I don't either. So, Ravens at Bengals. This one, I think, is a really, really great game. What do you think of this one? I mean, it's it's going to be a damn good game. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is I'm really interested to see how the Bengals offense is going to fare against the Ravens defense because obviously we saw last week their offensive line got mollywopped by Cleveland's defensive line. And granted, Baltimore doesn't have a Miles Garrett. I like David Ajabo. I like Justin Matabuike. I like Odafe Owe. Even Travis Jones, I'm a big fan of. Like, Genevieve Clowney's there too. I almost forgot he's there. Like, they have good pass rushers. Um, now, if Burrow gets time, it's going to get scary for Baltimore because their secondary is depleted. I don't know what Marlon Humphrey's looking like. He didn't play last week, um, but this, but he, I, I don't know his status for this week. And then after that, their second corner is Rocky Scene. So if Burrow gets any time, after the week they just had, you're going to have a fire lit under his ass, a fire lit under Jamar's ass, a fire lit under T. Higgins' ass. Like, those three could legitimately go nuclear against Baltimore if Burrow gets, like, two seconds to throw and And that is scary and doesn't that storyline of going into week two us talking about joe burrow having a fire lit under his ass because of a poor performance in that's just the joe burrow experience doesn't it give you some deja vu yeah it's the the burrow burrow guarantee (laughs) week one bad week two go burr exactly for joe burr and keep in mind I mean, I tweeted about this recently. You saw it. The Ravens offense, it's completely different than it has been in the past. And as a result, Mm -hmm. they're playing some sloppy football offensively. You could see it in that Texans game. The Bengals, during the Lou Anarumo era, have been one of the most, if not the most, underrated defense in all football. That, 
but they're especially good at taking advantage of opposing teams making mistakes. And the Ravens yeah, are going sure. to make mistakes offensively. The Bengals should win this one, and I'm pretty damn confident in it. Now, there is obviously a world where, one, my dog doesn't bark as loud as possible from two rooms down. But there's also, obviously, a world where the Ravens do win this one. But I, I think that would require a much more sound performance offensively, no? Yeah. No, it, it would it would require a, a lot of maturation for this offense. And, you know, I, I don't want this to be taken as a slight at Lamar or Todd Munkin or any of the offensive players, but, you know, the the disheartening feeling of losing your RB for the season after everything he's been through on top of how sloppy it was last week. I don't know if they're going to be able to, to pull this one out. Yeah. Their only hope is more Ricard, but Todd Munkin apparently is allergic to the best player he has. So. Well, I actually saw a couple of plays where maybe he started out at tight end and then motioned into full. Not enough. Not enough. A I couple. agree. It's not as many as Greg rookie Roman. Rookie numbers. It's definitely not as many as Greg Roman. Also My worth mentioning. Kid Gregory Roman. Yeah, well, let me tell you, Baltimore fans do not see him as a glorious king. Quite no, Greg opposite. Roman was awful at his job. <laughs> I, I fully understand. But God damn it, if he did not love Pat Ricard the way I love Pat Ricard. <laughs> now, Greg Roman's offense outside of the run game was an act of terror. Yes. And that's exactly what I Munkin emphasizes. That. And that's yeah, why absolutely. it feels so different, and that's why you could tell the offense isn't really used to this, right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's exactly what I feel. I think once they do pick it up, if they do, they could easily not. But once they do, if they do, they are going to be like a buzzsaw, man. Oh, absolutely. Dude, Lamar and Zay Flowers are going to be such a sick duo. They already are. I know they are, but I'm saying, like, as they continue to grow, oh, my God. Listen, Lamar I finally am has a legit dude at wide receiver. Well, I thought Bateman would be a legit dude, and boy, was I wrong. I but did, too, but... Zay Flowers is... I continue to say Zay Flowers' offensive rookie of the year, even with B. John being great. I'd love it, but unfortunately, I think Bijan is, like, God. Eh, yeah, yeah, Zay Flowers is God, all right. Seahawks, Lions, False what do you prophets. think? Seahawks, Is that Lions. a J. Cole reference? Okay. <laughs> no, it was a biblical reference. Yeah, same thing. Oh, okay. You can tell this guy's white. <laughs> um, no, when it comes to the Chiefs, or the... That, that, that was my favorite. My that was my favorite. I'm sorry. That was my favorite. Uh, shot at me you've ever taken and you've taken a lot i have that is my specialty um but no the the lions and the seahawks hate to say it detroit's gonna start out 2-0 and the big reason for that is seattle looked just disjointed last week and now their right tackle is on ir and their left tackle i don't think is like confirmed to be playing he could be but he's still not playing at full health so Aiden Hutchinson against a hobbled second-year tackle and 69-year-old Jason Peters. Jinkies. <laughs> no, no bueno. Definitely no um, bueno. 
Yeah, I also think it's important to mention, and thank you for Jackson. Thank you to Jackson Powers for repeatedly tweeting about this to really drive it home. The Seahawks could not defend the middle of the field for the life of them. And listen, you talked about Amon Ross. You talked about Amon Ross St. Brown earlier, and maybe he's a little bit overrated. But if there's one thing he's good at, it's the middle of the field. Yeah. It, it is just the middle of the field. Not running certain routes at the middle of the field. No, just the straight up middle of the field. He's very, very good at that. <laughs> and it's so, funny you went there. Not that you're wrong, but I thought you were going to go the other direction defensively and talk about how their run defense is non-existent. Well, that's also a part of it, which is weird. Yeah. How many, how many snaps did Derek Hall get in that Rams? Game? I don't think, I don't know. Was he, he even healthy? Good. He played, but he didn't look good. Mm. Yeah, which is tough. Well, um, yeah, and they needed to improve the, that. We all knew. Everyone knew yeah. the Seahawks needed to improve the run defense. And yeah, they I couldn't. mean, there were points last year where they were playing without a healthy nose tackle. Yeah, exactly. And they responded by doing nothing at nose tackle. And say what you want, run defense, whatever. You need a healthy nose. You need a real Without a doubt. nose tackle. Without a doubt. Like that, you know, going back to the Chicago game, that was like the one good thing they had going on defense was Andrew Billings was fucking eating people alive. Nose tackles matter, dude. They're the they're the fullback of the defense. Even if they're not going to make tackles, you got to have someone to just eat. At least yeah, try gaps. and eat a double team. Yeah. Not even two gaps. Just someone to eat double teams, really. Yeah. You need and to I have mean, someone like that. you're going up against Detroit's offensive line. Yeah, you where have anyone who's one guy teams. is worth a double team, pretty much. Yeah, it's over, dude. So my my question, really, with Seattle, what what do the line do the linebackers like play football? What are they well, there just for show? Because listen, Bobby Wagner has been around the league. Last year, sure, he wasn't the best linebacker in the league, like PFF said, but he could play his role at least. If you were running the ball up the middle, he would help prevent that from going 60 yards. Yeah. But he's not even, like, doing that anymore. They can't cover, and they can't tackle. I Like, what are they doing? They're not eating blocks, yeah. really. Like, well, they suck. The issue is Jordan Brooks is the only serious linebacker. Yeah, and he's injured. He's hurt. Um, so you've got Devin Bush, who, mm-hmm. you know, you, you are a kind of Steelers fan. You know what he At the, When he was – I was a Steelers fan when he was good, and then the last year I was a Steelers fan, a.k.a. the last year before I started the podcast, was the year where he got injured. He hasn't yeah. been the same player since I stopped being a Steelers fan, so maybe there's a correlation there. Maybe he maybe. feeds off my energy. Uh. Um, but it's it's crazy. Like, he looks better than Bobby Wagner out there. Bobby Wagner last year, you know, like you said, PFF overrated the shit out of him. He was playing, like, baby's first linebacker out there. They literally said, run downhill or play the flat. Mm-hmm. And that. he could like, do his, that. His, but at right. least he was doing it well. Yeah. Now, now he's not even doing that. I Right. I haven't delved into the All-22, so I don't know if they're asking him to do more. Or whether or not it's just the regression went crazy this offseason. But just watching the game 
um, on the broadcast angle, you can tell he's not the same linebacker. He, he is a, a shell of what was once the great Bobby Wagner, and it's kind of heartbreaking. But even last year, he was a shell of the past great Bobby Wagner. But now, he he's a shell of the shell of the past Bobby Wagner. He is the husk of Bobby Wagner. That's what he is. He, he should get benched. Maybe just the revenge game against the Rams... He just wasn't ready for, or something, for which is weird because against the Rams, that's a, <laughs> a statement. Well, I don't. His revenge game against Seattle was going well when he was yeah. on the Rams, so I I don't know. I have no clue. My overall knowledge of it is Bobby Wagner very very bad and easily exposed by a team that will dissect you across the middle. Amon Ross St. Brown, 300 yards, five touchdowns, and 17 receptions. Jerry Price, please no. <laughs> Just throw the ball to Josh Reynolds. Put me out of my misery. <laughs> if I have to see one more Amon Ra better than DJ Moore take, I will go mentally insane. Yeah, uh, takes about player better than other player that's also good at football that's very different. I just ignore them. Well, it's hard to ignore when it's an entire fan base yelling at your entire fan base. Simply it, don't have a fan base. Could be the most. Sorry, some of us don't have commitment issues and know what loyalty <laughs> and, uh, like, patriotism are. Yeah, and some of us don't have biases. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Me? No. Me? Absolutely not. No way. Absolutely not. No way in hell. Absolutely not. Me? No. This is deflection, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> and non-binary friends as well. I have to be inclusive. If you don't have any non-binary viewers, then you're you're failing. Mm. I know I have non-binary viewers. Where'd it be? Yeah. Like I, I'm I'm not joking when I say that I have interacted with non-binary individuals in my comments, and it makes me happy because they tell me when they watch my videos they feel seen because I preach equality mm. you don't PSA, preach equality to people that try and run modern formations no those people don't deserve rights <laughs> i love how you're not even saying like no 21 personnel is modern like you're just done with that you're, you're no, fully they acknowledging don't. they don't deserve rights dude <laughs> i'd so, rather and this uh, this is <laughs> You know what's cooler than a modern NFL offense? What? The LGBTQ community. <laughs> they get the Miller football stamp of approval. Well, a key part of the modern offense, this is the most forced transition I've ever done on this show, is the read option. Anthony Richardson runs the read option a lot. Colts at Texans, baby. I know. I definitely run a podcast, don't I? What do you think? Yeah, give me the better rookie quarterback. Yeah, that is one way to... I forget Will Levis exists a lot of the time. Colts of Texas, where's Will Levis coming into play here? I'm sorry. I see team that starts with te that starts with T... Ends in S and is in the AFC South. 
So I thought, I have it written down, Texans. I said Texans. I said the right thing. Uh I just, I'm running on four hours of sleep. Not my fault. High Uh, school moment. High school moment indeed. It's okay. It's my senior year, which means I get to stop caring once football ends. Let's go. Anyways, that means I'm taking the Colts, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Reasonably so. Yeah, no, Richardson, he looked pretty nice last week. I'm not going to lie. I was I was happy because I, I the, like Anthony Richardson. Surprisingly, the better quarterback right now is Richardson, huh? That's what I'm saying, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm still taking, right? I, I still take Colts here. I do think CJ Stroud is going to have a good career. So I don't, I don't like saying that Richardson's the better quarterback because I was so high on Stroud. Was anyone really high on Stroud, or are we just like I acknowledging was. that he's pretty good? I How was. are you high on Stroud? Well, I thought high. His ability to place the ball where it needed to be was some of the best I've seen in a college prospect since I started really going deep into draft classes. Interesting. Okay. Which, I mean, do you disagree with that? Uh, no, I, I think he's really good at ball placement, but... So, he... a, lot, a lot of people say his ceiling is Dak. I say his ceiling is Burrow. And he I'm not saying... what the fuck is going on when people are coming at him to be Burrow and he doesn't. Yeah, well, that's right now. Uh, that's why I said ceiling. I think see, that's something... I still don't see Burrow. I, I, and I, I also agree thought... wholeheartedly with Dak. I think he definitely could be Dak too, but like, I, I think, think if you want to talk about ceiling, yeah, yeah, sure. With me, I guess I just wasn't as high on Bryce Young as other people because you're lame. You're yeah, your maybe job. Richard job. Your your hobby. Sorry, there you go. It's gonna be my job, but Is for it? now, wow, this guy's taken. Taking more shots, huh? This is what you have me on here for. You have me on here to humble yourself. Mm. Not because I outsmart you. And you, you, and you come you come here to <laughs> you come here to yell at a high school student. How do you feel about yourself? I mean Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what I was gonna do for a career originally, like this. <laughs> This doesn't bother me. <laughs> this is practice. Practice for the career I gave up on a semester into college. He's shout talking about Prosper teaching, State by the Univers- way. Yeah, shout out Prosperg State University's education program. Mm. And uh, Mrs. Eric, you made me realize I didn't want to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, but... Yeah, Richardson obviously had the highest ceiling. Right now he's playing really damn well, and he still has a lot more to learn, which is crazy. If Richardson plays in this game, which keep in mind he might not, I'm definitely taking Indianapolis here. D'Amico Ryan's knows his stuff, but the defense isn't really going to deceive anyone. It's not something overly complex. Even AR-15, or I guess not AR-15 anymore, but Anthony Richardson... AR5, yeah. Even AR5 should be able to 
dissect the defense a decent amount, enough for a stain, enough for a Shane Steichen offense, right? Mm-hmm. And get damage done in that way. So I I feel good about Indy here. Also, the Colts defense I think can give a banged up Texans offensive line some problems. Yeah, DeForest Buckner against what Jarrett Patterson. Yeah. It's over. It's over, dude. So, now I guess it's finally talk time to talk about your Chicago Bears. Go on. We're so back. <laughs> it's not funny. We're so back. We are beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, listen, okay... You have literally everyone in the building fighting for their jobs at this point against Baker Mayfield. We're back. We're going to be so back. Well, you wouldn't be the first NFC North team to lose to Baker Mayfield, hypothetically. Yeah, but we're we're not the fraud kings. I, I so, need some like, convincing in, here because... Yeah, no, like, I, in all seriousness, okay, listen, the... Big problems from last week, first of all, is that the defense was too conservative. I find it very hard to believe that the defense is going to be as conservative after what happened last week if those guys want to keep their jobs. Like, there were zero adjustments made defensively, and like I said, if you care about your job, you will make adjustments this week. Offensively, same thing. Um, There was a lot of miscommunication in the secondary, a lot of miscommunications with the linebackers and the secondary. Just because the guys hadn't gotten a chance to play together, you know, a lot of guys like T- uh, uh, Tremaine Edmonds didn't get to play in the preseason, so his experience with uh, TJ Edwards and Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker and all that was limited to practice in then that first game. And there were a lot of instances of guys trying to pass other guys off in zones, and it would end up in a busted play. I don't think we see as much of that. I'm sure they're going to emphasize that communication and that getting on page with each other, and it's going to be at least better this week. Um, the offensive line, I am more confident in against Tampa Bay's defensive line than I was against Green Bay's defensive line, especially because guys like Darnell Wright didn't look bad. Braxton Jones looked good in pass pro, but he p- was penalized a lot. That won't happen again. That was a very uncharacteristic thing from him. Nate Davis looked rough, but it was his first game doing anything because he missed like the whole offseason with some off-the-field stuff. So he's good now. He's locked in. There was a lot of effort problems. No chance in hell that those guys are going to come back out and have effort issues again because last year there was nothing but effort and hustle and intensity. And after that game, after that performance, I find it very hard to believe that they're going to come out that flat again. Um, they're they're going to have to design more runs for Justin Fields. There's no way he only has one designed run this week. Um, he's somebody, too, that I know you don't like him, but if there's one thing Fields does, it's get better every week in the sense that he won't make the same mistake two weeks in a row usually like if uh, uh, to be to be more specific if he acknowledges an issue he won't make it again and that was a that was a trend all of last season where he'd be in a press conference and say like you know he took off too early right on a couple different plays he'll be like yeah you know i gotta hang in the pocket a little bit longer the next week he'd hang in the pocket longer and deliver some throws this week he was too conservative, which has never been an issue with Fields. He was one of the best deep ball passers in football last year. 
the issue was with Fields last year, he didn't take the easy stuff. He didn't check things down. And it's like this week he overemphasized checking the ball down and taking the easy stuff and taking the layups to the point where he forgot, you know, I've got a good arm that I can trust and I can hit stuff downfield. And I think against Tampa's secondary, he's going to be able to do that. Um, I don't have a ton of faith in their secondary relative to what we saw in Green Bay. Like, they don't have anybody nearly as good as Jair Alexander. Um, their safeties, I like more in run support than in coverage, things like that. I think we're going to run the ball a hell of a lot more. I think we're going to see more Roshan Johnson, who was by far and away the best player on offense for us last week. Like, maybe this is a lot of me being too optimistic, but I if, I, if nothing else, I'm an optimist <laughs> with, when it comes to football. And I know I shouldn't be as a Chicago Bears fan. But God damn it, I don't care. I'm totally biased in saying this. I fully understand that. But where the the product on the field this week, I find hard to believe it'll be at the same level or anywhere close to what it was last week. And if that's biased, call me out on it because I do not care. I will so, happily, happily take my lumps on that one. I, I think that there is a fair amount of stuff that you're – confident will change and i think you have to acknowledge some of that stuff isn't just gonna change right well no i know and not everything i listed but if even two or three of the things i said adjust slightly it won't be as sloppy or as messy as it mm -hmm. was last week i'm not saying the bears are going to come out next week and look like the perfect version of the chicago bears they're just not going to be nearly as incompetent as they were against green bay i find that very hard to believe and if they do guys are going to lose their job within the next three weeks I think that this game should be close, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way either. Mm -hmm. I really do think this game is going to be decided by an off-ball linebacker and his performance. And based off Devin White's performance last week, which was pretty impressive, if he could have another game where he does what he's asked to do, which I imagine is going to have a lot of association with Justin Fields and his ability to run this upcoming week, the Buccaneers should win this one. If that's the I, case. I have no fear in Devin White containing Justin Fields. Well, Devin there you White go. Does nothing if, for me. if that's how you feel, then I would take, yeah, then you should I take the Bears. That's not a bias thing. I just think Devin White adds little to no value to a football team. Well, and last I, I week, last game. week, White looked good for you look good. I, I'd have to go back and watch because I don't. I don't know. I don't trust that. He it's has freaking white, dude. Yeah, and he's been disappointing relative to his name value for the most part. But he mm -hmm. had a maybe just flash in the pan week last week. But he was a big reason that they won that game. If he could contain Justin Fields and force him to need to throw the ball, I know Jamel Dean isn't quite Jair Alexander. But I think he's definitely a good corner. No, I don't think he's bad either, but I think DJ Moore is going to have a much easier time. Yeah, he'll, he'll definitely put up more than 4.6 fantasy points this week, I hope, because I yeah. drafted him in that same league that I drafted Travis Kelsey. I also drafted Josh Jacobs, by the way, and in case you can't tell, I lost this week. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I this game should be close in my mind. To me, that's really the one thing that's going to decide it. Also, I'm locking this in now. Kalaja Kanchi's going to have his first sack in this game. Eh, probably. <laughs> Even you acknowledge, like, the offensive line still isn't where it should be. 
No, but the offensive line isn't going to be as bad by the time the season ends. Sure. Um, like there, everything that could have gone wrong for our our offensive line in the off season did go wrong. Because I think on paper what the Bears built was a really solid offensive line. Um, but Tevin Jenkins got hurt early on on IR for the first four weeks. Like I said, Nate Davis didn't practice like at all. And I know a lot of Bears fans were pissed at him about that. But if you look into it, he had some stuff going on off the field that he just, you know, couldn't be present in practice, which like that sucks from a football standpoint, from a being a human being standpoint. Please get your shit right. You know, handle what you got to handle because it's more important than the game. Right. Um, and Cody Whitehair is much better at center than at guard, but they have him at guard right now because Tevin Jenkins is out and Lucas Patrick's playing center. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like I said, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Um, but I, I think if nothing else, the bears are going to play a lot harder this week because I can tell you right now, there's conversations being had in that building about benching players X, Y, and Z Chase um, Clay coaches. I mean, yeah, he's obviously number one on the list. Like, Equinemia St. Brown is a fine wide receiver three. Not ideal, but he's good enough to where you can have that discussion. Um, and if not, I love Tyler Scott, so maybe he's the wide receiver three. But at the very least, Equinemia St. Brown is going to do everything Claypool didn't, which is block and give effort. So mm-hmm. there's those conversations. You're going to have the conversations about the running back room because, like I said, Roshan Johnson was the only player on offense this week that looked, like, above average. Um and, you know, you're, you're going to have different conversations on the defensive line. Justin Jones looked terrible. Jervon Dexter, while not perfect, at least was trying this week, at least was putting forth effort and hustling. And, and same with Zach Pickens. Like, those two will probably see the field more. That's that's going to be the other thing. It's going to start turning into, okay, you know, even if you're a starter now, if you're going to play like that again, you're not going to be for long, and guys are going to have to pick their shit up. And then coaching, like I said, there's going to have to be changes or else guys are going to get fired. Mm-hmm. Like, th- th- that's where we're at at this point. I don't think we're at that point with Eberflus necessarily. I like Eberflus than a lot of other people, more than a lot of other people seem to. But with n- especially Alan Williams on defense, I-, I think we're at that point where he could be out by week five. So he's really got to pick his shit up. And that's going to be the big thing. So I'm glad that you mentioned the defense because I want to ask one more question before we move on mm-hmm. to the next game. How do you think the Bears are going to go about stopping Mike Evans and Chris Godwin this week? Well, I don't think the Bears have a problem at corner. Like I, I it's not necessarily having a problem. It's these are two of the better receivers in the NFL, right? And and I I think the the problem that the Bears have right now is the game plan was way too conservative against Green Bay. Every third down was soft ass cover two zone. And it, it didn't do anything. Like, it, the there was no pass rushing because that guys were able to get open. And like I said, the miscommunication in the secondary, that's going to be the key. On paper, we have a good secondary. The pieces in our secondary are good. They're just not used to playing with each other yet. Because Eberfl- or not Eberflus, the Bears as a whole didn't have them playing in the preseason nearly enough, which I didn't realize would be as big of a problem as it is. But these guys just have to build chemistry together. And this is going to be a really good week to, like, do that and test that. Um, so sure. I think, you know, if you can get more of a rapport built between Eddie Jackson and Tyreek Stevenson and Jalen Johnson and Jaquan Brisker, and I know they kind of have one already, especially Johnson and, and Jackson, but, you know, 
John Jackson missed half of Brisker's rookie year. And Jalen Johnson was out a lot of last year and doesn't quite have that chemistry with Brisker yet. And now Kyler Gordon's hurt. So you're going to have another rookie or another, not another rookie, a second year player in Jalen Jones, who I think is a fine nickel. Um, and, and you've got Tyreek Stevenson. who's a complete rookie. Like there's got to be a lot of moves made there. And then also with the linebackers, like I said, they didn't get to play at all in the preseason with these guys. So Edmonds and Edwards, there would be points where, you know, they'd have a guy coming over the middle and they'd try to pass him off to the next guy. And the next guy would have no idea he was coming. It wasn't like these guys were playing terrible or anything. It was just total miscommunication. They were doing what they felt they needed to do and what they were being asked to do. It's just they weren't doing what their teammates were asking them to do. But don't you think because of the caliber of players that both Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are, they're going to have to approach this game differently, even if you like their secondary more than most most others do. And I definitely like Jaquan Brisker, right? But... Don't you think that they're going to have to change what they do as a team yeah, in order absolutely. to stop them? What do you think the no, change absolutely. is going to be? They're going to have to get more aggressive is the first thing. They're not going to be able to sit in, in cover two zone on third down. That's not going to work. They're going to have to run more man coverage because crazy concept I know, Jalen Johnson and Tyreek Stevenson are both man-to-man corners yeah. above all else. And I understand that's not the scheme or the system. But when you're a good defensive coach, you're a good defensive play caller, sometimes you have to throw caution to the wind and try different things. You have to experiment. You have to think outside of the box. That's why that dude in, in, in New England is the best defensive mind ever because he's always trying new things. He's always thinking outside of the box, and that's what the Bears need to do. I need to see more man coverage. I need to see more blitzing. You need to put more pressure on Baker Mayfield because that Bucks offensive line is not that good. Um, you know, I, I need to see more pressure on Baker to make him make mistakes and you need to capitalize on those mistakes. That's what this defense is supposed to be. It's a Tampa two fucking defense. Ben don't break force turnovers. Those are the two main things, right? Fuck the Ben don't break, throw that out the window. You make them break and then you force turnovers. That's what this defense needs to do this week. Now I know easier said than done, but there, there has to be a massive shift this week. I, I, I see what you're asking now. I suppose I didn't understand the question at first, but there has to be an absolutely massive shift, shift schematically, not only this week, but for the rest of the season. Because we see defensive coordinators go out of their comfort zone and try different things all the time based on their personnel. And there's no reason why this defense should be as conservative as it, as it is with the pieces they have in the secondary and with how bad their defensive line is. Now, if you're fine with it, I want to talk about the Bears division rival that they lost to last week the green bay packers and their matchup against atlanta who do you have winning this one as much as i hate to say it it's gonna be green bay i mean you saw the box they put fields into Mm -hmm. um and desmond ritter i don't know if this is a hot take after last week is not as good as justin fields he's a lot more inexperienced he has a lot more issues and i like ritter i think ritter can be a good quarterback but this is going into what his third fourth start in the nfl I'm not super confident in him, and I think uh, Love, with the way he was able to play against Chicago's defense, should be able to do most of the same, like, driving the bus, so to speak. That's how Brett Coleman put it, and I really like that that analogy for it. You know, he was just taking what the defense gave him, right? He wasn't, you know, reinventing the wheel. He wasn't making a bunch of crazy plays. It was just taking his drop and hitting the open guy. 
and you're going to get a lot of that against it, or with Atlanta. You're going to be able to run the ball uh, with Aaron Jones. So I, I think I think Green Bay is going to come out on top here. But I do think we're going to see some splash plays from Atlanta's defense. Like they were letting Roque or not Roquan. They were letting Roshan Johnson run pretty good, and I love Roshan, but he's no Bijan. So I think we're going to see a couple big plays from Bijan, but ultimately I think Green Bay comes out on top. I want to be wrong, but I I, I think Green Bay will win this one. And that that's what you mentioned towards the end there is kind of why I want to favor Atlanta in this one. They need to not just defend the run all right. They need to do a really damn good job because Atlanta's running game is it's one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL. Yeah, okay? absolutely. And that's not just because B. John's getting all this hype. This is because no, it's the, the guys schemes. up front, phenomenal. Yeah. Arthur Smith's scheme, superb. What they're able to do running the ball. Like, I think, tell me if I'm wrong, I would probably label Green Bay's run defense probably the average of the NFL. Is that wrong? I think they might be a little bit up. Above a little average, bit better. Yeah, okay. they're, they're about middle of the yeah, pack. They're yeah, they're about middle of the pack. To stop Atlanta, you got to have, like, top seven, at least. Yeah, I get what you got to really about. be able to stop them on the line of scrimmage. If you do that, then you're fine. If you do that, then you're fine. Because, like you said, Desmond Ritter, he's not overly great. The passing game isn't anything special, really. So you should be fine if you're able to stop that run game, but that's a lot easier said than done. I don't trust Green Bay to do that, and because of that, I'm taking Atlanta in this game. And, and that's that's understandable. I I, I understand. It's definitely a, a realistic possibility here, but I'm I'm gonna stick with my guns here. Unfortunately, as much as I'd like to agree with you. Now, Raiders at Bills. You have the Bills, uh, I imagine. Like yeah. This is Josh Allen's Josh Allen, yeah. Josh Allen's bounce back. Uh, the Raiders secondary does nothing for me. Um, I am a little bit concerned about how much duress he's going to be under because Max Crosby against probably Spencer Brown is going <laughs> to be a nightmare. Um, but coverage wise, like, who, who's getting three picks this week? Nate Hobbs. The the ghost of the ghost of Marcus Peters, maybe. Maybe. I forgot he was even there. Jesus. Yeah. I I agree for that exact same reason. Ken Dorsey wants to do the deep shots and all that stuff. This is the game where you do it. Okay, right. this is a game where you could just abuse that secondary, not the Jets. This is a game where, yeah, even if he's under pressure, we've seen Josh Allen make plays for an entire game with someone always chasing him. Like yeah. every single play, we have seen it. I'm not too worried about Crosby and the impact he might have. He might get a sack or two, but Josh Allen is going to do Josh Allen things. Also, defensively, like, Devontae Adams might be hurt this week. Like, he, he's questionable at the moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Josh Jacobs does some damage, but I can't really see the Raiders well, being able to keep up. The Bills' interior defensive line is healthy. Yeah, so but but the Raiders the Raiders' run game isn't some bad unit. You got Jacob. Well, no, you got an offensive line that likes to move people. Please, and Josh please Jacobs. learn how to say his name. Jacob. 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 It's Jacob. At least I didn't say Jacob. 
Yeah, true. That that is the traditional <laughs> fuck up. At least yeah. Him. <laughs> I knew it was something with an accent. Yeah, he's German. It's Jakob. Jakob. All right. Yeah. I said Jakob. Jakob. All right. I remember the first time I talked about him in a TikTok. I called him Jakob. Like, I pronounced it correctly, not knowing that that was the correct pronunciation. I was completely guessing. And I had so many Patriots fans. Granted, this was when he was on the Raiders. Mm -hmm. But I had so many Patriots fans come in and be like, I think you're the only dude on TikTok who knows how to say his name. And I felt so seen. (laughs) I felt so vindicated, dude. I was like, hell yeah. That's how I feel whenever QB2 theory is proven right. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> this is this is my big moment. That's what I say this every is, time. This is the brand. When when I saw <laughs> when I saw nice. Zach or when I saw the Jets win on that overtime kick return, I I wasn't like, oh my god, that was so hype. I, I was just like, yeah. And I retweeted me saying that the Jets are gonna win like minutes after you Rogers retweeted got retweeted your own tweet. <laughs> I I don't toot my own horn often, but Dude, that's QB2... So, if you're gonna do it, at least quote tweet it. <laughs> if you retweet your nah, own tweet, you're such a tool. If I if I quote tweeted it, then I would feel like I'm tooting my own horn even more. Dude, and I I, do I, I don't like I don't like don't to toot my own to. horn. I don't like to toot my own horn. But like this one just felt. Listen, QB two theory is such a big deal for me, you know. Especially first saying, one of the season. Been, it would have been so much better if you would have just quote tweeted it with that picture of Peter Griffin, where it's like, "Hello, we're back, committee. I would like to file a claim." I I could have done that. You're so right. I should I should have asked you, yo, what what funny <laughs> Family Guy moment should I? <laughs> Should I it's quote not tweet even this a one? funny Family Guy moment. It's just a, a we're back meme, but with Peter Griffin. With Peter therefore making a Family Guy funny moment. Oh, my God. That That's how this works. Like That's Twitter, man. It, it is Family Twitter. Guy funny moment. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, remember that time that the Chargers played against the Titans on whatever the date of the game is supposed to be? That was terrible. What do you have happening? The Chargers and the Titans? The Chargers. Yeah. The Titans are not a serious football team, dude. What do you, I have zero what faith you, in what they're doing. Really? Yeah, I have zero faith in the Titans. Now, it's remember what we were saying. I know that they brought in Eric Hendricks. Mm-hmm. However. No, their linebacker. I understand their linebacker core is totally depleted. No, But well, as soon as they try to. My problem is running game defense you have to stop derrick henry well no i know okay let let me rephrase this if we get a ryan Tannehill throws the ball like eight times type of game which i'm expecting which i'll take the titans then but if we get a real football game in the year of our lord that's not what i'm expecting where they want to throw the football then no that is not what i'm expecting he was bad he was bad not only was he bad, I got to go back and rewatch the tape to confirm my theory. Um, but I hated the Titans offensive coordinator hire. I can't remember the dude's name for the life of me. It was, was it not? Uh, Tim. Something. I want to say it was Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. It I was. That he, he played, he was the OC in uh, Houston. Houston. Under, under Bill under O'Brien. Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, I thought it was Tim Kelly. Yeah. 
I don't hate him as a coach. I think Tim Kelly's a fine coach. But I hated the pairing of him with as not only Ryan coach. Tannehill, but like 90% of their offense. Yeah. yeah. Because He's a spread coach. Offense, and right, then... Their entire offense is predicated off running play action and running like a Shanahan West Coast system. Every single player they have. The only two guys who benefit from this new type of offense are Chickaconquo and um, DeAndre Hopkins. They're the only ones. The offensive line and doesn't finish. Hopkins because you're wasn't ask even them, there yet. Right. Because you – like I, I could go – in detail on this, you know, Tannehill's a play action quarterback. If he's not running play action, just hitting mm-hmm. his first read, he's going to suck. Uh, Nick Westbrook, Akini, he's good as like the, the Jawan Jennings and the Trent Sherfields of the world where they're almost like a wing tight end mm-hmm. and he's down blocking a lot in the run game, but every once in a while he'll leak up field. Um, Traylon Burks. I know people want him to be AJ Brown. I see a lot more like Debo in his game where he's a really good rack receiver. I'm not saying you like put him in the backfield as a running back, but like, you get him the ball short and let him cook after he, the catch. He's Debo then, with a better 50-50 ball. Right. There you go. Perfect. He's he's like a weird hybrid of Debo and A.J. Brown. He's the middle ground. Right? I would say or between Debo and Mike Williams. Okay. Which is a really right. weird mix. Sure. But he's sure. he's worse at both. Right. I, I like him a lot as a two, though. And that's why I like the Hopkins right. signing. I actually think he has upside as a one. But my point is, in this type of offense, he's pretty much exclusively a 50-50 guy, yeah. and I hate that. That's mm-hmm. not his game. He needs to be able to get the ball in space and create. Um, Even Chig, like, I like it for him in this type of offense because he essentially just becomes Delaney Walker. But I like him a lot more as, like, you know, uh, a George Kittle, where, again, you get him the ball short and he works after the catch because he's so athletic. You look at Kyle Phillips. I guess he kind of benefits from this because he's, like, a traditional slot. Um, But the offensive line, everybody's undersized, athletic, and really good at moving in space. You put him in this type of offense, it's more of a power running scheme, more of a gap scheme. Doesn't work. It, it doesn't fit. They literally have the single smallest offensive lineman in football as their starting center. You cannot run this type of offense with that type of center. It does not work. It, it, it blows my mind that they thought that pairing was a good pairing on paper. Now, I could be wrong because Tim Kelly was working in Tennessee mm-hmm. under uh, what's-his-nuts. I can't remember their old offensive coordinator, the dumbass you got at DUI. Todd Downing. Fired. Todd Downing, thank you. He was working under him last year, so maybe he's working out like a hybrid. It, like I it said, seemed I haven't gotten like to watch that. the All-22. Okay. A I little bit more. And, okay. Like I said, I got I to gotta go back and watch it. But on paper, I hated that hiring, and I'm sticking with my guns on this. I don't like the Titans right now. Tannehill sucks. He's not a good quarterback at all. Um, well, for and... that, for that. I think, so here I was saying it seemed like that, but it was leaning more towards the spread stuff, which sucks. If yeah. they were running just a play-action heavy, you know, under center, we want to run the football at you type of offense, Tannehill would be better. Like you said, everyone would benefit from that. And yeah. I guess that's kind of the identity I have the Titans playing with in this game, and that's why I have them winning. But you're right. There's a very real possibility where they take the same approach as last week, and they continue to try and spread it out, do the Tim Kelly thing, and in that world, well, Derrick Henry isn't going to run wild the way I have him going. So it really depends on the Tennessee Titans offense we see, I guess. If they're running like this under center style, I really think they're going to beat the Chargers, I do. Also, don't sleep on this defense, by the way. Do not. No, zero disrespect to the defense. I like yeah. the defense. 
but it's, it's an offense thing. And I get that. It depends on what offense we're seeing, really. If they're under center, I think they win. If they're running this stupid spread stuff that the offense is not built to do, and the Chargers are built to defend, really, yeah, the Chargers are going to win. It depends, yeah. really. And I don't like saying it depends, so I'm going to say the Titans just to be different. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, a- anything else you want to add before we move on to the next one, or no? Yeah, the Titans not having a real fullback makes me so sad. Shout out Trayvon Musker, though. <laughs> 49ers at Rams. How do we feel? I mean, the, the Niners are the best team in football right now, so... Yeah, as much baby. as much as I I want to spread the Puka Nakua gospel, I I fear the the Purdy streak shall continue. You know, man, I, I'm pissed. People that listen to the podcast last week know, uh, I had an opportunity to really get the I told you so on Puka Nakua to the entire NFL community. Instead, uh, well, Mason when we were talking about the Rams said that Nakua could be the, or he asked me, how long will it take for Nakua to become the one on the Rams? And I said, I don't know. It seems really difficult. Personally, I like Skoranek <laughs> the most in that receiver core. Uh, like pull back over the second coming of Cooper Cup. He thinks he's yeah. me. <laughs> I guess. I was trying to do my best Miller football yeah, impression. M- Miller football ass take. <laughs> Even then though, I would still pick Puka because I'm a I'm a I'm a Puka enjoyer. Yeah, Puka well person. you were right. And I could have had I could have been on the correct train, but instead I was on the wrong train. I stand by Puka would have been like a second round pick if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, maybe. He's awesome. Well, he, I he mean he showed it. So he showed it. But you know who else looked awesome in this game and it wasn't just Puka. It wasn't just Tutu Atwell. Matthew Stafford. Yeah, he looked like Matthew Stafford. He And I'm so glad. To, for those of you that don't know, Matthew Stafford is my favorite quarterback ever. And Did I see, say this? I don't know. Hopefully. I don't think we've had that conversation before. That's, Damn. This, that's this, a, guy, this guy calls guy himself. Respect, this guy really is willing to have me on his show. I'm willing to have him on my show and he doesn't know my favorite quarterback who's my favorite quarterback of all time jay cutler i don't know no <laughs> uh kendall hinton no well i'm out of guesses anyway matthew stafford <laughs> by the way oh oh i would have got that within <laughs> the next bad hour as he was god damn it if i didn't yeah, love you've him, talked a lot about Trubisky. him okay I am Mitchell Trubisky's biggest fan, but also his biggest critic. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's respectable, I guess. I, I mean, it's strange, but you know what? Whatever. He's bad, but it is what it is. I think there's others. There's like three. I promise you. There's not as many as there should be. I, I, th- I just want to put it out there. There were Bears fans clamoring for Trubisky this weekend. That's where we're <laughs> oh at. Oh, my God. Which Fields looked bad. In no world is he worse than Trubisky was. Oh, oh, I thought they were saying over Pickett. No, I meant Bears fans clamoring for Trubisky over Fields. 
now it's definitely I don't want one your of the takes on this that you're a, you're a even hater. as a Fields hater, at least I acknowledge Fields has the upside to. I guess Fields in theory, is better right now than Trubisky. Ever well, yes, was. yeah, yeah, that too. Just yeah. because of the running ability alone, you could get rid of his right arm, and he'd still be better than Mitch Trubisky. I'm just saying, if Fields had the defense Trubisky had in 2018, he's taken the Bears to the playoffs. That's that's the thing. People are like, Trubisky took this team to the playoffs. No, he didn't. Vic Fangio took this team to the playoffs. That's neither here nor there. Rams 49ers. 49ers win good at football. Kyle Juszczyk, touchdown, call they're, my shot. They're, this is the biggest talent advantage. 49ers offense versus Rams defense. Just such a big talent advantage. And Again, I know that the... Coughing baby versus hydrogen yeah, bomb. The Rams defense definitely outperformed expectations last week. That's also because they dropped eight, like, repeatedly. I don't think you could do that against the 49ers, man. If you I do that against the 49ers, Kyle Juszczyk is – or not Kyle Juszczyk. Well, Kyle Juszczyk is too, but Kyle Shanahan is jumping up and down on the sidelines like a little girl who just got a pony for Christmas. Yeah, I, I like, mean – Like, that is his dream is to go against three-man boxes – or against three-man rushes. Rush. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, I, I corrected I, myself. It, it that, just – That is his literal dream. They won't be able to do that again. And when they're not doing that, I think the defense is going to – look worse it's gonna play more like the oh my god aaron donald is the only player on this defense that i know that we expected i just i just hope we get another aaron donald legacy moment where he makes a quarterback yell oh my god purdy would never (laughs) oh good heavens i feel like that's a more brock purdy exclamation no. I don't know why. Pur- Purdy doesn't feel pressure. I don't know head. if you. Yeah, I don't know why either. <laughs> uh, I don't but... know why that was my reaction. I don't know. I've never spoken to Brock Purdy. Maybe he is a little British boy. Mm. Brits can't play football. Not in my world. Well, at least our, our schools. schools. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a man sport, not a Brit sport. Real. <laughs> Uh, take. Yeah, I, I'm kidding, guys. I have to say no, this because not. he might be kidding. I'm not. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I just British... hold on, hold on, real quick. What was the last British person to try to make it in the NFL? Jay Ajayi. Where's he at now? Gaming. He he's like exactly. A... Yeah. Uh, that shout might out be to him though. Mad respect for Jay Ajayi. Mm-hmm. But not his homeland. <laughs> but. Brock Purdy, I think, will – and it's not really going to be much of him. Kyle Shanahan will be the one picking apart the Rams defense. And, you know what, the Rams offense might be able to do some stuff, even with that offensive line being terrible and Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa both just feasting. But I, I still got the 49ers here. I think everyone really does. Yeah, we're going to get a total Shanahan masterclass. Like I said, I'm calling my shot. Chiefs is scoring a touchdown this week. Now, the team that got completely embarrassed on national television against, quote-unquote, America's team versus the worst team in the NFL. Who do you have winning Giants at Cardinals? Um, I want to be the contrarian. (laughs) No. No, I want to be, but (laughs) the first thing that came to mind – when I was like, okay, how did the Cardinals win this? Is Yalti Froholt 
versus Dexter Lawrence, <laughs> and it all went to shit. That's a real matchup we're going to see on Sunday. It's so over for Arizona, dude. Although, I, I need a I need a Greg Dortch master class. But other than that, the Giants are going to win this one. This is their... This is their bounce back they needed. Yeah. I mean, and they need to because the amount of Giants fans I've seen on Twitter that have completely, man, changed their perspective on the team, how it was built. All of a sudden, Thibodeau is a bust, apparently. I, I don't... I'm I, with the agenda. I'm what? I hope you're joking. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't subscribe to it, but I like it. <laughs> Okay. This is the same guy who almost killed Nick Foles. And yeah, and that was screwed up, but does that make the guy bad at football? No, but it, may, it means I'm rooting against him. Fair. Okay. How dare you insult my glorious king, Nicholas Foles, <laughs> former Chicago Bears legend. Well, he's still a Chicago Bears legend. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. In some circles. In some circles. <laughs> uh, but... All of a sudden, Thibodeau's a bust. We're already considering Evan Neal, who was drafted to be a project, who's in year two, absolutely the worst tackle like ever to play the sport. Uh, apparently, I, I, was he? Wasn't he going up against Micah this weekend? Yeah, n yeah, but, but, but they drafted him early, which means he has to be the best tackle in NFL ah, yes, history. Of course, of course. That that's how that works. Then you, th this guy does but, he know ball? Yeah. Does he? Does he? Does he, does he know Sorry, ball? not every right tackle can be my glorious King Darnell, right? <laughs> but, I mean, the offensive line in that Cowboys game had the worst performance by an offensive line I've ever seen in my life. And Dude, I'm Mark not exaggerating. He might have had the worst performance by any NFL player ever. It, it was horrible. It was horrible. I could have done more than Mark Lewinsky did. I could have. Well, yeah, you actually play on an offensive line, though. I don't, so me saying it is more impactful. Well, the viewers don't need to know that. Jesus. Well, they do for, for now. You, get, get exposed. For this your information, I'm actually a five-star quarterback uh, for the Alabama Crimson Tide. True story. Mm -hmm. All right, Mac. <laughs> I don't think Mac was a five-star. but You get my point. Uh, no, I, I think I probably said it before, so I'm not. Yeah, this guy thinks he's McCorkle Jones. I definitely haven't said it in a while, but I have said that I'm an O-lineman before. But, hey, the if you know. Smallest O-lineman I've ever seen, by the way. I, I, I weigh 210 pounds. Fuck you. You don't look it. I, I take that as a compliment. How tall are you? Uh, six foot. Okay, well, that's the disconnect, then. I thought you were a lot shorter. Oh, yeah, you would, wouldn't you? In my brain, you're like 5'8", dude. <laughs> this guy's really which calling I'm me little bro. Which I'm only 5'9". So Damn, like five, nine, five, no nine. way I'm tall. That's crazy. This guy, the little bro over here. Yeah, the only thing you have on me is height, buddy. I know more <laughs> ball. I know mm. more about life. I'm older than you. I'm prettier than you. God had to give you something to balance it out. Okay, but anyway, all of a sudden, the... He didn't deny it. I win. I, I, I stopped listening. I'm trying to talk about the New York football giants and their depressed <laughs> Why would family. you ever want to do that? 
That's your first problem. <laughs> because I like getting mad at fan bases, and I have a lot of reasons to be mad at a fan base right here. All of a sudden, Joe Shane is like the worst offensive, or sorry, I almost said offensive corner, the worst GM ever because he extended uh, Daniel Jones, and he traded for Darren Waller, who didn't play. <laughs> yeah, how dare he? Grr. Worst worst GM ever? Worst trade ever? Maybe. <laughs> Apparently. Just I'll the overreaction. As long as people shut up about Claypool. Sorry. <laughs> the overreactions from Jaya's fans is really just the reason that they need to win this game. And just week one overreactions in general. Yeah. But Giants fans especially. Sure. If the Giants lose this game, all of a sudden those overreactions aren't overreactions. Evan Neal is officially the worst draft pick of all time. Uh, Daniel Jones's contract is the worst contract of all time. Darren Waller going for a very, very low price is apparently a bad deal now. Just all of a sudden, everything looks so much worse, even though it shouldn't. And it honestly wasn't that bad of a process to get where they are. Yeah, no, I... It's an overreaction for sure. There's nothing wrong with what the Giants are doing. But if the Cardinals lose, some of those things are no longer overreactions, I guess is my point. It would be so funny if the Cardinals won, though, dude. Even if it's a close game, that's bad. I need three Daniel Jones interceptions. (laughs) Like, I need oxygen. The Cardinals need that, too, if they want to have a chance. Buda Baker legacy game. Speaking of interceptions, because there's going to be a lot of those in this game, Jets at Cowboys. <laughs> Which offense is going to get to ten points? <laughs> do you do you not have? Fi- oh, never mind. Never mind. It's I just the Jets. Reading into that, I was reading into that wrong. Yeah, no, I mean the the Cowboys are going to win this football game, but yeah, it's but gonna it, it's going to be like there. ten to three. Real football. It's Connor not even. Lipke's gonna score that one. I'm touchdown. not even trying. <laughs> I'm not even trying to take shots at the Cowboys here. I think their offense is a good unit. Uh, but Jets defense, probably the best. Uh, it's hard. It feels like. I want to see how they're able to take on a more balanced attack, but it's definitely one of the best in the league. Possibly yeah, l- the let best. Let me let me see them play a quarterback, and then we'll have yeah. that talk. Well, uh, is Josh Allen not a quarterback? Oh, I read that backwards. I'm a moron. This um, guy, over Josh here. Allen, Josh Allen wasn't a quarterback in that game. Sunday. Ken Dorsey yeah. isn't an offensive Monday, coordinator. Yeah, how's that? Well, there were a lot of things that weren't what they're meant to be back today. Aaron Rodgers' Achilles wasn't a functioning tendon. Mm. That was yeah, hard. but I'm sorry. It, it probably will end up being like. I think the Cowboys could probably get to 17, I guess. Yeah, the winning team will score under 20 points. I think that's a pretty safe assessment. Well, I, if the Jets win, it's going to be because Dak throws a lot of picks, right? Which isn't going to happen. Throw the narratives in the trash. Yeah, I, I agree play. he's not going to throw picks, but like we've seen him do it. So maybe that's still possible, but the offense has changed a lot. And I, I imagine yeah. there's not going to be as many miscommunications at this point. I think they're going to be a lot safer with the throws they allow him to attempt. Sure. Uh, but the Jets are also really good at getting interceptions. Also, an important thing here. 
Sauce needs to go back to being Sauce because I wasn't going to overreact the preseason and say that he fell off. But mm-hmm. after that Bills game, it's starting to look sauced. like he fell off. Yeah. Josh Allen was 6 for 6 when targeting him. <laughs> you love to see it. I don't. So I said Sauce was the best player in that draft class, and I like being right in case that isn't clear. So, no, I don't love to see it. I, I like Sauce, but I think that's really funny. What, players doing bad when they're supposed to be good? Players getting, like, an insane amount of hype and then coming out the first game of the next season and looking bad. Yeah, I think that's Oh, like funny. DJ Moore. Well, no, DJ Moore didn't look bad. Well, DJ the Moore stat was line didn't look good. Yeah, well, watch a game, maybe. No, that's but the fantasy say. score... You can take your fantasy points and shove them up your urethra. I do not care. There's only 4.6 to shove there because of that. Because of him sucking. Because he's awful. Alright, that's going to do it for my appearance <laughs> here on this show. I hope you have fun not, it by listen, yourself. Listen, if I actually thought he was awful, I wouldn't have drafted him. It's my own fault. That being said, if, if he continues to do that, it's your head, David. God forbid your fantasy team <laughs> performs poorly. A hundred dollar buy-in. I'm a high schooler. That's, That's big money. That's your fault for spending money on fantasy football. Mm. This guy if hates fun. This free, guy hates stakes. If you don't play it for free, you're doing it wrong. Other way around, buddy. If you're playing it Why for free, you you're doing it wrong. Why would you invest money in fantasy football? Because if I get to win a gajillion dollars if I win. The fuck? Dude, you're going to be broke as an adult. <laughs> if that's your mindset towards life, you are going to mortgage your house several times, if you can even afford one. Oh, wow. I definitely won't be able to afford one if DJ Moore keeps putting up 4.6 points. Yeah, dude, you're going to go to Vegas, like, once. <laughs> Actually, no. You'll go to Atlantic City, like, once. And that'll be it for you. It'll be curtains. You won't even make it to Vegas. If that's your mindset towards life. What is your mindset towards the Commanders at Broncos game? Uh, the Commanders are going to win this football game. I, I still have no faith in the Broncos offense. And also their defense is lights out. And I'm a Sam Howell guy, so. Well, Sam Howell didn't look too good in that. I didn't game. get to watch the game, so I don't know. Um, but I didn't hear anything super reassuring. Yeah, That's it wasn't sure. it was not a good it was not a good performance. It's his second career start. But yeah, 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 that's true, but this is also his third career start. So how much of a step forward do you expect? Better. Uh Yeah, I guess that's true. I t- also have the Commanders, but I could see this being a very sloppy offensive football game. Uh, sure, it could be. I think this is the toughest game to pick of the week in all honesty. But Wilson should be under pressure a lot. And that will likely lead to something stupid. At least one turnover from Wilson. Uh, I can see that. And the Broncos pass rush didn't do anything against the Raiders, really. So I'm not expecting them to do much against the Commanders, who I know their offensive line isn't a great unit, but I don't know. I've just really... It's not going to be a good offensive game. Just which offense do you expect to succeed more? 
Not which offense do you expect to succeed, because neither are. Which one will succeed more? This one could also be like 17-13 to 13 or something. Sure. A lot of punting. Patriots at Dolphins. This one should, could be good. It also could suck. But who you have on this one? There's a debate for the Patriots, and I hope that you make it because I'm not going to. As much as I want to, mm, as much as boring. I love the Patriots, boring. I I am gonna go with Miami. Like I said, that team is my my favorite thing right now. Like I I think Vic Fangio is going to have Mac Jones in hell, um and I don't know. I think Tua can pick apart the Patriots. No. It's going to be a defensive game. I'll put that out first and foremost. Um, but if it comes down to, you know, the the quarterback play, then I trust Tua a hell of a lot more than I trust Mac Jones. And I think, like I said, I think Vic Fangio is going to have him in hell. I can also see a world where Shanahan just gets really creative. Or not Shanahan, God. McDaniel gets really creative with the run game. Um, and, and I think they'll have a tough time with that, even though the Patriots are a good run defending team. It's just hard to defend that run game because of how good it is. So... I am going to take Miami, but I think it'll be a close game, and there's certainly a world where the Patriots win. I think the Patriots are going to hold the Dolphins to a lower score than anyone will really expect. Mm -hmm. But I also think the Dolphins' defense is really going to show up today. Or not today, but in this game, right? And this is another one. I don't think it's going to be overly high-scoring. And you got to keep in mind, the Patriots have the athletes to stop a Tyreek Hill all of a sudden. They have Christian Gonzalez who can go stride. I actually think Christian Gonzalez can go stride for stride with Tyreek Hill. Okay. Get on him, get a little bit physical. I'm not saying he'll lock him up, but the it's not like the Patriots are completely incapable of replicating the speed, and that will really help them. Add... The, Add that to some diverse, unique, and advanced defensive schemes. Listen, you have the best defensive mind in the sport, the best defensive mind of all time, against a really top-notch offensive mind in Mike McDaniel. That's going to be really Mm -hmm. fun to watch. But the ironic thing is that this is going to come down to the boring part to watch. The Patriots' offense versus the... Dolphins defense, and I think the Dolphins defense wins that one more than the Patriots That's offense. That's boring to you? You don't think a Fangio defense is fun? Uh, It's more of, I don't think a Bill O'Brien offense is anything special anymore. Like, at one point it was, but it's 2023, so not 2018. The second best defensive mind in football cooking against uh offense that's nothing special is fun. But, it, listen, the, personally, again, you like Fangio so much because you watched no, him I with the Bears. No, I have full bias. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Fangio's bad. That's not at all what I'm saying. But in terms of the scheme he runs, like, it's very similar to Evero. Like, was the Broncos' defense very yeah, good last it year? it is Evero's defense. Yeah, exactly. Evero's was the Broncos' Fangio, defense yeah. very good last year? Yes. Were they a defense I really enjoyed watching? No, it's not like they're killing people. It's not like they're constantly getting to the quarterback. They're just really good at playing coverage. 
that's the difference, though. This defense has the guys that can kill the quarterback and has the guys that can get into the backfield and make plays. The Broncos didn't have a Jalen Phillips, a Christian Wilkins, a Zach Seiler, a Cater Kohu, apparently, a David Long. They didn't have anybody like that who was like a true standout stud. Even Bre- I mean, I guess technically they had Bradley Chubb for half the year. But Fangio is going to run a more technically refined and just better version of that defense and Bradley Chubb's going to look better in that defense because he's the second edge rusher not the number one anymore like this is peak Fangio this is the best roster Fangio's had to work with or wow. the best defensive personnel he's had to work with yeah as a Bears fan I am saying that mm, that's definitely personnel. I well, find that really it, right? interesting I wouldn't I wouldn't even think about saying that and I'm not even a Bears fan. So that's really right. crazy like, to me. Like, think about it for a minute, right? You go position by position. I like uh, uh, current corners better than what the Bears had in 2018. Like, outside of Kyle Fuller and Bryce Callahan looked good, but it's not like he was some superstar. You had Kyle Fuller, who hadn't quite broken out yet, and Prince of Mukamara, who was like 62 at that point. Yeah. At safety, you had Eddie Jackson, who you know my feelings about. And you had Adrian Amos, who has never been anything special. Amos has always been a a product of his surroundings. Um, At Edge, you had Khalil Mack, sure. But opposite Mm -hmm. him, you had Leonard Floyd. Yeah. The duo of Jalen Phillips and um, Bradley Chubb is better than the duo of Mack and Floyd. No, 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 no. It is. No, that that I can't agree with in any world. Dude, Leonard Floyd is not that good. Leonard Floyd is... So, do you remember what... Bud Dupree was his last year in Pittsburgh. Yeah. He was just a damn good complimentary guy. Yeah, Leonard Floyd was not that. Leonard Floyd wasn't quite that, but it was very Leonard similar. Floyd was a damn okay run defender that would sometimes get in the backfield. Yes. That, That's, that, that I would matter. rather have that. With Khalil Mack? Defensive I mean, player of the yeah. year, Khalil Mack? Yes, I would rather Mack have that. Mack sways it a little bit, sure. But I'm saying, like, as a whole, if you want a more – I think it's a more complete duo. We'll put sure. it that way. Sure. That's but probably that, the That's way a to put it. big – it still isn't better. It's not a big even difference. close. Right. Okay. My bad. My words were slightly off. It's a you more know you know, I go over the semantics a lot. You, I know. You, you know and me well enough. And then the interior here. of the defensive line, I'm taking Wilkins and Siler over Hicks and Goldman. I don't um, agree with at, that either. Eddie Goldman was just a basic nose tackle. Yes. Both Wilkins and Siler moved the needle for me. You you underestimate how much I love the basic nose tackles. I love basic nose tackles too. Eddie Goldman was one of my favorite players. But both Wilkins and Siler have the ability to be like how, legit three tackles. How Siler often can start on a lot of NFL teams? How often would Eddie Goldman get moved by double teams? Like it was Not rare. Very often, but Ray it was Juan rare. Davis, I mean, if we're talking about nose tackles, Raekwon Davis doesn't either. Raekwon Davis isn't part not, of not quite to the extent was. that Goldman did. Well, no. What I'm saying is... And then Akeem Hicks is definitely this... better than... Akeem Hicks was definitely better than... Than Wilkins is right now. Would you disagree with that? I think Prime Akeem Hicks? Prime Akeem Hicks I would take. Had. For sure. I would probably lean Hicks too, but I think there's a debate to be had. Well, there you go. Yeah, you, the combo, you just said Eddie Goldman. I think, I think the combo of him and Siler, of Wilkins and Siler, I would rather have. 
because of Hicks' health where it ended up. Okay, health, sure, if you want to add that in, but I thought that we were just um, talking also, defense on paper. like I said, I think Raekwon Davis is good enough to, to, to two-gap and eat up the run and, and eat up space. Um, and Listen, then at safety, I, I'm not Allen's saying the Eddie defense Jackson. is bad. Oh, they could do some... All right, I guess. Plus, in certain ways... Some, plus, you got to remember, at some point, this defense is going to add Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, and so, that's going to be huge. Yeah. But, I, really think, I, I, I mean, I think but... The crux of my argument... I'll put it this way. The crux of my argument more lies in the secondary than the front seven. This secondary is a lot better than what he had in 2018. The front, there's debates to be had, sure. 2018, Vic had the more dominant player in Khalil Mack. But I think as a whole, the defensive line now is deeper. I think it's better. I think it's more well-rounded. Um, better might be the wrong way to put it. Again, it's it's deeper and more well-rounded. And I think that goes a long way in this type of defense. Overall, um, the point is they're going to have a good defense. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And they're going to run the Fangio scheme to a T. Mm-hmm. My point that I was initially making is personally I don't find that extremely enjoyable to watch. It's definitely a working formula, and you want to win. That's priority one. Obviously, yeah, like real football. I I like real football. I like to say that real football is Harry Carson jumping on a goal line stand to make a incredible tackle. I like to say real football is Steve Atwater hit-sticking Kristen Okoye as he runs up the middle. We don't talk about that play. Why not? Because it hurts the brand. <laughs> Fullbacks can't get hit sticks. <laughs> I, I, for, I forgot that that was going to be the point that you made. But all, my point is, when I think about a fun defense to watch, I think about a defense that hits people really hard, not a defense that plays really good coverage. I guess. And, like... What kind of football fa- nerd are you? <laughs> That's the nerdy part? Yeah, a sick, perfectly executed coverage. You're saying that that's what you prefer. I'm saying... I'm not saying I prefer it. I'm saying there's... You, you gotta appreciate it. I do appreciate it. it, but do I... In real time, do I enjoy watching that? You not could. really liberal propaganda because when you're watching the game you're not seeing like the ball getting deflected you're not watching the corner on the wide receiver you're not watching an all 22 in real time you're watching a game where you're looking at the quarterback trying to scan the field just not see someone open and then ultimately taking a check down and if they're a really good defense they're going to make the tackle really quick in real time that is it's good football but it's boring football to watch and it sucks I, I that agree. that's what the game that is going to come down to. I can't agree. I think that's really fun to watch. Okay, well, I guess we disagree there. Yeah. It's that's, fun that's, to watch when you're you, looking that's back That's all at... you had to say. That's literally all you had to say. We could have been done, <laughs> done talking about this like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I hope you know that. Well, you, you made sure to make that known. <laughs> Saints at Panthers. What do you think? I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, I agree. Pretty I, much I no by Bryce Young last No JC Horn equals Chris Olave masterclass. Precisely. That and then Bryce Young 
He's going to be under pressure a lot. I still think the Panthers' offense completely lacks an identity. Yeah, that's the big problem. They don't, they don't even have like an established top dog at receiver. Well, we were expecting the offense to completely run around the offensive line. Like it was going to be, oh yeah, their old line's so good. They're going to be able to run a lot of RPOs where the run game is really threatening because our O-line is going to be top-notch, but then the O-line sucked. Yeah. And because of that, the team is just left without an identity. Yeah, pretty much. The Saints really should be able to take this one, I think, on both sides. Like, how is the Panthers' defense really going to give them that much trouble? Again, no J.C. Horn, I don't really see how. That's the that's the only issue. Like, I like every other aspect of what the Panthers have defensively. It's just they don't have a, like, a serious corner without J.C. Horn, and that's scary. Mm-hmm. Now, the last game I want to talk about, Browns at Steelers. How do you feel? Well, unfortunately... This is not a game where I can talk about it from a schematic st- standpoint or a matchup standpoint. As morally, I have to take Pittsburgh. Mm. So I, I simply you, cannot. You just refuse to ever say that Deshaun Watson will win a football game? Yes. And not only that, but I do legitimately think like this is going to be a defensive showdown. And I have more faith in Kenny Pickett than I do Deshaun Watson at this point. Well, so I, I agree. But tell me if... This, this should benefit your argument because I actually had an entire thing about how I know the Browns are the favorite, but I just want to really quickly make this point that can really be a key to a Steelers win. Mm-hmm. Dewan Jones versus Alex Highsmith. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, right? The, the Browns can double him in theory, but then how are you going to double TJ Watt? Right. And Jedrick Will Willis, I think I liked him out of college, right? Don't get me wrong, but it's fucking TJ Watt. C- come on. Yeah. Like like no. We're no. Also it, it isn't in... it is you're not gonna go one on one with TJ Watt and win that matchup if you're Jedrick Willis. Yeah. We're also getting Keanu Benton's first career start now. Uh so the depth chart doesn't have him listed as the starter, but like Cam Hayward's out, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so he'll start. Well, the death chart doesn't have him listed as the starter. It has who do they have? Montrevious Adams ahead of him. Oh, so malpractice. Well, Keanu Benton's gonna get meaningful reps. I'm still waiting for Demarvin Leal to replace Armand Watts. Why would he do such a thing? Because Demarvin Leal's a dog. Is Armand Watts not? Well, I, I was thinking, well, I guess they can't have Keanu Benton on the field, and obviously you're not ben- benching Ogunjobi. Yeah, now, Keanu Benton's going to be so good. They're, they're kind of low. I'm just now noticing they're, Pittsburgh's D-line is loaded, more loaded than yeah, I thought. Yeah, they're kind of loaded on the interior. Well, it's crazy. Yeah, I knew that they were loaded outside. Herbig, Highsmith, Watt. I didn't know that. They were that stacked. Like, I know Armand Watts is good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just am pissed because I haven't seen DeMarvin Leal get, like, meaningful NFL playing time. And I liked DeMarvin Leal. So, when the hell am I going to see the guy play? And I guess that's why I was kind of calling for him to come in for Armand Watts. But, like, Watts is obviously good. Don't get me wrong. And then Ogunjobi's obviously good. Huh. 
Yeah, they're deep. They are deep. Even without Cameron yeah. Hayward in, DeMarvin Leal probably still doesn't get on the field. But anyway, that that would be how the Steelers win because they get to the quarterback. However, I still got to take the Browns because, and it could have just been a flash in the pan type of thing, but they looked so good, especially that defense might be top five in the league. And that's probably no, a week I, one I overreaction. I crazy to say. It's just so unfortunate that they have to be associated with such a piece of filth on the other side of the ball. And I get that. I get. I try and leave that out of my analysis entirely. I, mean, I do too, but if I can find a way to go against the Browns, I will. Okay, And, and there's that's a legitimate fair. world where, like, this is not like a very obvious Cleveland should blow them out game. This mm-hmm. is like a, okay, there will be a football game played. Both teams have a dog in the fight, and I'm going to take the dog that, ironically, doesn't have a pedophile anymore. Or not a pedophile, a creep. Jesus. That's not what he is. I don't want to I don't want to uh, mislabel him. Mm-hmm. He's not a pedophile. He's a creep. Yeah. I said pedophile because my mm-hmm. mom's on this weird kick with Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> uh, but I'm just going to go over ignoring his entire fiasco off the field. Why I like well, Cleveland. Even ignoring, his, even ignoring his whole fiasco off the field, he hasn't looked like a real NFL quarterback yet. What? He sucks. He's been playing terrible. Yeah. I mean, last week was better, I thought. Not great, but... Eh, not really. We saw him run a little bit more, which was nice. That was the only thing that was really different. And He's then, still making really bad decisions. He looked jittery. Um, his his uh, just overall like presence was off. His accuracy wasn't there. But then like, they also have a nice rushing attack that they could rely on in this game, no? I mean, yeah, but we were just talking about how good Pittsburgh's interior defensive line is. Like, I... Yeah, I, I have faith that they're going to be able to pass the ball well enough. And also, Stefanski, I like far more than Matt fucking Canada. I mean, that's fair. Right. I, I don't disagree there. The, the I like Steelers... Too. So, you... I guess... If you... You prefer Watson, I guess. But, personally, I would rather take the Steel... Or, sorry, the Brown starter on every offensive position. Hold on, let me think here for a second. Go ahead and look. While you're t- while you're looking, I'm going to go over the Browns defensive scheme that I love from Jim Schwartz. They had an absolute masterclass defensively. What Schwartz did last week was tremendous, and I hope the scheme continues to work. They used a lot of disguise coverages, which made Burrow pause for long enough for the pass rush to get to him. At the same time, the coverage guys were being physical off the line, which made it a lot harder to get the ball out fast. Last year, Burrow was practically never blitzed, but the Browns constantly dialed up pressure, doing some stuff like generating one-on-ones for the entire defensive line by rushing five and moving Miles Garrett over the center. I know we all saw the play where he did that like dribble before he pass rush, but there he were... Looked, he looked an offensive lineman in the face, showed him what he was going to do to him, and proceeded to do it and get instant pressure. That was the biggest, like, troll of the week. But the thing that people are forgetting, Miles Garrett was lined up in that same type of stunt with that same, you know, being over the center and all that stuff. It was the mm-hmm. same exact play, pretty much. 
throughout the game. They were showing that exact same look on the D-line a couple of times. Yes. Generating the one-on-one with a center, that center being Ted Karaz, yeah, that's going to be a win 100% of the time. And just what Schwartz did, I love. But anyway, did you look? Are you still? Yeah, so you're taking Elijah Moore over George Pickens. Is that how that would line up? George Pickens Either is the one, Elijah... no? No, Deontay Johnson's the one. Also, oh, you well, take I... Elijah. Also, you take I would Elijah take Amari Cooper. I would take Amari Cooper over Elijah Moore is really the two, huh? That's what it's. I mean, it's either Elijah Moore or Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah. You so you know, I guess I guess overall the receiver, receiver core I prefer. Yeah. Um, the top three receivers you're I prefer. Dewan Jones over. Uh, oh, I guess that's not the starter right now. Well, overall offensive line. I meant like unit by unit. Well, too bad. You want to get into the semantics? I'm going to get into the semantics. Okay, fine. You know what? That's fair. Play fire with fire. I don't blame you. But uh, overall, as a position group, I prefer the offensive line over their offensive line. I prefer the wide receiver. That, I mean, that's objectively their... the right take. Yeah. Unfortunately, you, you want to And then they also player. have the better play caller. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if you want to be technical, Tyler, over yeah. here. I'm and I'm completely right chill with that, man. Um, I am completely uh-huh. good with you coming on my show. Using my own tactic against me. That's completely uh-huh. fine. Uh-huh. See, that that is why you keep me around. I challenge your intellect. Yeah, 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 yeah. And DJ Moore challenges my entire football team, my entire fantasy football team, by generating 4.6 points. Again, your fault for putting money into fantasy football. My fault for having any faith in Justin Fields. And yes, I'm blaming Justin Fields, even though it's absolutely not Justin Fields' fault. This guy's racist. <laughs> Blame the black man, of course. Mm. You drafted Kelsey round one? I wonder why. Who else were you thinking about? Christian McCaffrey? This guy was looking at uh, Cooper Cup. No, he's actually a first round pick. This guy was looking at... Uh... Ah, shit. We were literally just talking about him. This guy was looking at Kyle Phillips in the second round. This guy was thinking about Evan Hull as his big sleeper. This is why he's all white. I thought so. Is he not? I thought he was mixed. It looks a little dark to me. This is why you said Skoranek was going to be the wide receiver one over Puka Nuka. Puka Nakua. Puka Nuka just sounds so much better. I I always like mess that up. Not even because it's like spelt that way. Well, Nakua is is definitely mixed. Oh, okay. So I guess my sleeper was Islander, isn't he? Who is? Isn't he like an Islander? Uh, maybe. I, I just know he's not white. I, I remember because I texted, right? Tweeted, Polynesian. I tweeted. Uh, it was Polynesian, yeah. I tweeted, ex-posted, whatever the f- whatever we're calling it now. Ex-posted. Uh, <laughs> Dear God, that's the worst <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Uh, I, I posted something about like Nakua, Skoranek, and Cooper Cup has to be the grittiest, play the game the right way type of guys I let date my daughter, sneaky athletic trio of all time. And just a bunch of people stormed the comments saying, like, Nakua's not white, Nakua's not white, Nakua's not white. So that that's just the only reason I remember it. Are you implying that Polynesian people can't have grit? Wouldn't let a Polynesian oh, mandate no, your why, daughter? Why are you trying to get me banned from colleges why is that your goal 
<laughs> Call me uh, racist know, and then it's a ele- it's almost eleven thirty, dude. My yeah, I know. I'm running on three hours. I would like to get more hours of sleep this time around. Anyway, you're the one yapping. Yeah, I'm the one yapping. Says the one that brought up like the Bears nine different times after we finished talking about the Bears. What do you want me to say, dude? You know what you're getting when you bring me. On I I I do know what I'm getting. I'm getting. The one and only fullback truther, the one and only David Miller. I want to thank you for coming on. I highly recommend you check out his content. Plug your platforms because I'm pretty sure they're all at David Miller or at Miller Football, but I'm not 100% they're definitely, positive. They're definitely not at David Miller. That, your that Instagram is, is, though. That's my personal Instagram that I don't plug. Um, my, I just wrote down the timestamp. You're good. Yeah, my... Uh, well, no, I mean, it's not at David Miller anyways. It's different. Um, but no, my... my. So what you're saying is that I don't con- have to cut it? Oh, I don't care. Oh, awesome. If you look up at David Miller on Instagram, you're not going to find my Instagram. That's funny. Um, but no, my, my actual content creating, like, Instagram that I hardly use um, is at MillerFootball underscore. My TikTok at MillerFootball underscore. My Twitter X, whatever the hell, at MillerFootball underscore. My YouTube channel, MillerFootball, all that good stuff. I also have two podcasts I run, uh, Run the North, three NFC North fans just talking about football, talking about whatever. Um, and then Bear Down Boys, which is for uh, Chicago Bears fans. Ironically, only three of us are boys, but uh, w- w- we talk about the Bears every week. That one's still a little new. We're still kind of working out the kinks, but. Uh, what i got going on and then if you want more of my content check out at no huddle nfl on tiktok and instagram that is no huddle nfl with no capitals and no spaces also available on twitter x whatever the hell you want to call it at no huddle nfl no capitals and no spaces with an underscore at the end that is again at no huddle nfl no capitals and no spaces with an underscore at the end i want to thank you all for listening it was a great time I'm excited for most of my predictions and most of Miller's predictions to also be wrong. It was a pleasure talking with you, and I'll see all of you next week.